The Ron and Fez Show starts right now. It is the Ron and Fez Show on a Wednesday uh, in January. That's for sure. The actual date itself, though, is uh, lost on me. I'm going to say it's Groundhog's Day and feel pretty safe about it. No, it's not Groundhog's Day. Washington's birthday or something? No, it's the middle of the pack. Well, we're in the winter. We know that. Even though today, another beautiful day. Scary beautiful. Uh, Yesterday, the Directors Guild nominations come out. Uh, Tomorrow is the Oscar nominations. This is an exciting time of year. The Directors Guild should let us know what five guys are going to be nominated for Best Director, which means one of these five will be Best Picture. What do you got, Chris? Ben Affleck, nominated for Argo. Catherine Bigelow for Zero Dark Thirty. Tom Hooper for Les Mis. Ang Lee for Life of Pi. And finally, Spielberg for Lincoln. All right, so that was six names? That's five. How did that feel like six to me? All right. Um, I don't think there's any shockers there. Do you, Fez? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. I, I mean, there's no Wes Anderson. There's no P.T. Anderson. No Tarantino. Uh, there's no Quentin Tarantino. So you could get upset about that. But the five out there we seem to be thinking are the five with the best chance. Why did you laugh at the Tom Hooper? I was just surprised that Les Mis is getting... Why? He it. he won for Chicago, and Les Mis is the only musical out there, and some people seem to love it, so all you need is for to get a niche audience. The elderly, uh, and a lot of Oscar voters are older. You know, you have a golden age of Hollywood voter. They're going to love Les Mis a lot more than they're going to love Django Unchained. I think that uh, P.T. Anderson got shafted. He they could have slid. They could have slid out Spielberg. Or they could have slid out Hooper. Put First him of all, the, Hooper and Spielberg are probably one and two. I know Spielberg has probably got to be the front runner to win this whole shebang for Lincoln, because uh, they like to do important films. So I think um, the Argo. Oh, that's important. And Zero Dark Thirty. Man, they had it wrapped up. But the left is very mad about that film because they did not come out anti-torture enough. They needed somebody to say, you know, that George Bush is a dick, man. The left is really right about a lot of things. If they would have added that one line, they'd be on their way to the Oscars this year. That's why this is going to be Lincoln. It's going to be Lincoln at the DGA and Lincoln at the Oscars. Well, that is the front runner, And Fez Watley, on his way to being right, and pulling right is probably right about this. Uh, who's your favorite director? We'll put it up right now on the iBank. Oh, it's already up there. Who would you pick for director of the year? Uh, we will get started with our special guest, English Beat. And when we get back, we'll read off some of that. Um, enjoy the English Beat. And this is The Ron and Fez Show. Yourself, why? 
The Ron and Fez Show, Wednesday, midweek. Uh, we were talking about the DGA Awards, and uh, I guess the big surprise there, no David O. Russell, no Quentin Tarantino. Neither uh, Anderson. Wes oh, or PT. Oh, yeah. Man, see, that's actually a really good class. <laughs> you know, that would make a good Oscars right there. But there is a Ben Affleck. <laughs> Hard to believe. You, you gotta admit, Quentin Tarantino and P.T. Anderson and Wes must be going, really? Ben Affleck? Yeah, they're pissed. Well, when this shit came out, they weren't happy. Well, what are you gonna do? You can, there can only be five. It is a pretty, uh, pretty decent year for movies. Now, uh, the New York film critics had a little bit of uh, drama the other night. Now, they did their dinner, I, I think it was Monday night, and all the big stars show up. Spielberg's there, and his guy Lincoln, who still wants to be called Lincoln. Come on, the, the roll's over. No, 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 he's in character. It's a method, really. So, Lincoln's there, and still talking in the same voice. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> and um, Michael Moore is giving out a prize to uh, some kind of award to the guy who did How to Stop a Plague. And uh, he was talking about the gays in 1989 who uh, went storming into St. Patrick's uh, Cathedral, shutting it down um, to try to bring attention to the fact. And suddenly Armin White starts yelling out, Fuck you! You're a liar! <laughs> and drop dead. Holy shit! Armin White's the best. <laughs> That's fucking nuts! And said it was an anti-Catholic uh, diatribe that he wasn't going to put up with. <laughs> no one stands up for fuck what they believe in more than Armand White. He, Armand White is ready to say, uh, shut up, filmmakers. Listen to the critic. He's great. Uh, God damn, he's awesome. I think um, afterwards Michael Moore called him a reactionary conservative asshole or something. I, Armand White wins that one. But really, you know, Armand had a point. There was no AIDS crisis. And this is just Michael Moore starting his shit again. And as we know, the Catholic Church has always been very, very pro, uh, you know, the gay causes. Which is why it hurts so much to see Notre Dame uh, get beat. But we all cheered along with him. We cheered, cheered for old Notre Dame. Uh, we've got a... Uh, a big guest uh, coming in in just a little bit, Californication, and this is the wife on there, and I want to try to get the pronunciation down perfectly. Uh, 
It's Natasha. I want to get this correct, yeah, Chris. So yeah. I want you to look over me on this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, McElhone. McElhone. Uh, she's coming in in just a few moments, and she plays the wife on the show. Karen. Californication is one of those shows that I've never missed an episode. Well, it's up to like six seasons now. We're on our sixth season. And finally, they're starting to figure out that Hank may have a problem. <laughs> that I think this year is going to deal with rehab. Wow. They actually put him, they put him down like that? Well, he, there's, like, he likes to party. Yeah. But I believe you could also say there's a party in his pants. So he does some serious, serious bird dogging on that show. He likes to get his dick wet. It's happened quite a bit, and apparently he's irresistible to women. Like, the most beautiful women in the world see him and want him because he's, it's not, he's not all that charming. He's actually fairly on the obnoxious side. He's a dick. Um, all right, that's another way of doing it. But he's nailed his daughter's friends, his uh, wife's stepdaughter, underage stepdaughter. <laughs> Uh, the mothers from the PTA, I believe some of the high school girls where he taught for a while. Everybody um, just about that he runs across, he it, has sex with. And then it leads to problems. I mean, maybe the underage stuff. Sure, that, that's technically illegal. Well, you know, the fact is he's trying to be a family man at the same time. He loves his family. It's a juggling act. All right, hold on. Sean wants to help me with this. Go ahead, Sean. Hey, Ronnie. Hicks has already let you down. I believe... You let me down. All right, go ahead, sir. I do want your correction. <laughs> it's, I believe it would be Natasha, not Natasha. Natasha. Yeah. Natasha. I, heard I, could be for, Natasha. I could be producer for this show. Hicks, you stink. You Be stink. Better. Go to hell. No, well, Chris, that's not the kind of feedback when somebody's trying to help us. We don't attack them through our flu uh, symptoms. We we say thank you, Natasha, McElhone. Natasha. I don't I don't want your help. If you don't mind, you've got me off to such a bad start with her. I haven't slept. I'm not sleeping well either. I'm only sleeping a couple hours a night. I was up to five in the morning yesterday. Why don't you call me? I, I was should. up too. I should just I do like a cursory text to see if you're up then. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what we would talk about. I guess we could both sit there and say, I wish we were sleeping. I, I now, did do watch you two... sleep after work? Uh, yeah, I, I'll sleep for a couple hours in the early morning, whatever, wake up, then yeah. as soon as I get out of here, pass out for like five hours, and yeah. then the rest of the night I'm fucked. So I'm just staring at the computer you know, screen all it's night. It's the Christmas break threw us off. I was, yeah, I was off the rails then, and then I'm coming back to regular schedule. And I was supposed to do some other screening last night, and finally I just sent it back to you. I'll do it after <laughs> work today yeah. because I can't put up with computer screenings. It's too annoying. So unless, half the time doesn't work, which is fucking really frustrating. If it was half the time, I think it would be fine. <laughs> it's 100% of the time that annoys me. I did catch two of the Oscar movies last night, though, and my fucking insomnia. Argo, Zero Dark Thirty. One I really fucking loved. Other was, eh, I don't know why it's getting the love it's fucking getting. I'm going to guess that you love Zero Dark Thirty. Loved it. Fucking Catherine Bigelow is the shit. And the girl, uh, what's Jessica uh, Chastain? Chastain? Yeah, 
She's amazing in it. Really good. Now, what did you dislike about Argo? I don't know. I thought. I mean, I know it was a it was a fucking trying time in American history, and it was suspenseful or whatever. But I don't see it as an Oscar film. I don't see it getting the, the getting the love from Oscar. I, I I didn't think it would be people would get attached to it so hardcore. Well, I'm you know one of the things is they made it seem like show business was. Okay. So helpful. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you have to also look at the people that are voting. And, like, if we watched a movie that showed that satellite radio guys were great, we'd probably be like, this is really a good movie. John Goodman, super CIA operative motherfucker. <laughs> like, if I ever watch a movie and, like, some radio host is, like, somebody's listening to the radio and they're like, yeah, that does. That changes my life. Then I'm like, this fucking movie is really so true. <laughs> Yeah, radio is helping a lot of people out there. It really there. is. It's they, they listen to it and they learn. And it's good. Touching everyone. But watching Zero Dark Thirty, I felt pretty shitty. I forgot how many fucking terrorist attacks there were around the world. Like I like I'd stop it and look look it back up. Like, oh shit, yeah, that did happen. Like Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. It's the, uh, you know, we go back to this before and, and I brought it up when everybody was so freaked out about the kids being killed in Connecticut. I go, the weird thing about us is we will forget about this. You know, we had already forgotten all these other atrocities. It's just something that we do that, yes, when it comes up, you feel fragile in the human existence and you feel for the people. But then before you know it, you're back doing other stuff. And then when the next one comes up, you're like, well, yeah, why haven't we ever done anything about this? Um. That's and the gun debate is just seems to be going uh, nowhere and nowhere fast. Uh, I was, saw Chris Christie on TV today, and he thinks it's got a lot to do with video games, too. <sighs> He's got a big problem with it. He doesn't allow it. Just not, oh, just, no Call of Duty for the Christie kids. No, no Call of Duty, no Grand Theft Auto. Mm. I, I think even Space Invaders, he says, really, do we need... To be just killing these invaders. They're just trying to come here. We don't know if they're even going to do anything bad. Well, they're attacking your spaceship. We know Yeah, that. but it's the way they're doing it. It's so slow and in a line that I think they could be reasoned with. Nice grid Maybe pattern. that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to create a game for kids where you reason with people. And I'm just going to call it Be Reasonable. And as many people as you reason with, then you get to move to the next level. So I get to like light any motherfuckers up like... But that's when you lose. Like when you shoot anyone, <sighs> like you prove that you couldn't reason with them. So it just shuts down. And then you got to go back and go, you know what? I want to shoot this guy, but you know what? I'm going to talk to him and figure out what's going on. And then the other thing is they're blaming, you know, people like Fez that are taking uh, drugs for their problems. And they're starting saying we have to look out for these people. But most people that I know these days, are taking some kind of antidepressant. That's scary. But they've, uh, you know, the the pro-gun people have put out stuff that says, uh, here's all the shootings that happened, and here's all the drugs that they were on, prescribed drugs. <sighs> like, there's a record of just about every one of these school shootings. They've given these people drugs. Now, you could make the case... Hey, maybe the drugs didn't work yet or didn't have time to work yet. Weren't the right drugs. Or you could blame the drug itself that if you take some of these drugs, you become paranoid, you become angry. I think that's worth talking about. I think it's worth talking about everything. But, of course, we don't do that 
we already come in on our own side and then we point at the other people. <coughs> um, so Big Chris Christie, if, by the way, if you do have video games at home, you're trying to destroy this country. I have video games at my home. I don't want to destroy, destroy them before you end up being a school shooter. I can't even get my hands in a gun. The only the the weird things about I could get you a gun in five seconds. We, I'm talking about legally. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, legally, no, you can't it's do a that. Giant pain in the ass, New York City, to get a <laughs> yeah. fucking gun permit. Well, you got to prove that you're being stalked. But um, to go back to the thing, I don't play the first shooter games. And it's not because I'm afraid of violence. I just find it all kind of embarrassing. But I will play any sports game. Fuck you, man. Doesn't matter what sport it is. I I, I would much rather uh, just have my thumb going back and forth, and I'm I'm winning golf. I'm winning Wimbledon, winning the World Series, the World Cup. Going hell yeah, FIFA. That's what I'm talking about. What the? <laughs> I love it. Pain in the ass though when new man makes you fucking relearn the entire goddamn game. Sometimes. Uh, yeah. I just down to just throw it away. Is this something she wants to talk about? No, it's just something I heard her mention that I was passing along. I don't know what to do with that information, though. Uh, it was just something I was... She didn't mention it to you? She mentioned it to someone else? She was having a conversation with uh, Liam and her publicist. That's very strange. Um... Alright, uh, some of the people that want to talk about the drug things, you can call back later. Um... I certainly want to talk to Mike in D.C., but I got to do this guest first. Uh, so now he has a different, he has Mickelhone, not the way that you had it, or okay. Michaelhone. Mickelhone. I'm just not going to, I'm just going to call her N Natasha and leave it at that. Season six of Californication premieres this Sunday at 1030 on Showtime. And I will tell you this, I bet somebody gets fucked. Because that's what we are used to on the show. That's what I look forward to. They still show the nudity. They still yeah, they rock. still show the nudity. And still it's... Uh, but uh, let's bring her in. Uh, season 6, Californication, this Sunday, 10.30. Let's bring in Natasha. Season six already of Californication. Crazy. That's going to be unbelievable, right? Yeah, it, it's it's definitely not what I anticipated. Um, I'm in shock, but it's great. Now, did you think when you first looked at this show, this is a little edgy. I bet, uh, I bet we get a little grief for it. Um. Well. <laughs> The pilot, I mean, as with all TV shows, I guess, mm -hmm. I, I was not familiar at all with the whole sort of trajectory of how you even make a TV show and how <laughs> it, you do this thing called a pilot and then it gets picked up and then 
it goes to the upfronts or decisions made. I was very much outside. I live in London and I just don't watch a whole lot of TV. So the and, whole and your shows don't last six seasons over there. They're like one season, two season, and you're like, okay, yes, let's do something new. Yes, well, except for sitcoms can go on and on and oh, on. Oh, they can. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we have some shows that have gone on for decades. Yeah, yeah, a couple. Um, so you but, didn't, you didn't know it would have this kind of life, though. No, I thought, sort of thought it would be a self-contained um, pilot, and that would be fun. And then <laughs> I'd go back to my life, and and then, but I mean, it is. I it, it we shoot it in three months over the summer, mm-hmm. so it's pretty fantastic. I live in London, and then I come over with my kids for the summer, and live in Venice and shoot the show and hang out with amazing actors. You do always, every season is like a new movie to me. Like every season yeah. is like a separate place. And I always get like uh, Hank's craziness. But why does your character stay with him? Because what's in it for her? It's the perennial question, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. I was saying, so we were talking earlier on with someone about this and they, we came to the conclusion it was actually a male fantasy that Karen doesn't really exist, that no woman would put up with this shit. <laughs> no um, woman would no. possibly. Maybe once, twice, but this is six too many. Six years, Yeah, come six on. years. Come on. And really some of the most, you know, a- attractive people come in and out of the show. It really is uh, a male fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Well, there's nothing wrong with that, right? No, no. We certainly need that uh, type of thing. But, you know, the, the, the strange thing in America is, uh, the way that we are, is if your kids came in and you were watching Californication, you might change the channel. But if they were watching one of the murder shows, they could sit mm. down and watch with you. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. That is the strange thing, I think, about the American mind. Yes. It's, it's not European. Yeah, it's d- different. That sort of sanitized kind of approach to... Right. Yeah, which this shoots... You know, the point of this show and I guess why it's sort of groundbreaking in that way is it's making it um, into everyday sex, into everyday domesticity. (laughs) Yeah, it is because it's, and oddly, it's a family show and everybody in the family loves each other. Everybody in the family cares about each other. And yet, it's certainly not a normal family. Well, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm shocked by the show, I, I've I've learned much in the last six years that I didn't know before. Sexually, yeah. So it's taught me all sorts of things. So I, you know, I'm eternally grateful to Tom and the team for exposing me to this side of life. Um, but I, I, um, I mean, I guess my character—that stuff happens away from her, really. Mm-hmm. So I'm sort of not. For me, it's more of a part. You know, my my struggle, if you like, my characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, purpose or raison d'etre is, is to resolve her relationship with, with Hank um, at the moment. I mean, this right. of course could change. And who but knows? also, you have to admit, every guy that she picks, even when it's not Hank, mm. is a fairly terrible, borderline lunatic person. Well, only because, I, in her defense, he has to be, otherwise there wouldn't be any show, <laughs> because it has to break up, you see. <laughs> If she met somebody decent, that's the end of the show. She has this whole other life off the screen that you don't even know about. She's (laughs) fine. (laughs) Things things are going very well for her. Yeah, really well. There's a different show in your mind that hasn't been presented. But, Um, you know, I've always loved the premise of Californication and the thing of, 
you, you kind of believe that when they were on the East Coast, they were somewhat together, normal, and that there's something intoxicating. A craziness about yeah. LA. That, yeah. And it does happen to you yes, out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I, I think you're right. I, I, I remember my son actually saying to me, when we were going home after one summer a couple of years ago, he was only little, he was about eight or nine, and he said, um, I said, are you excited to be going home or would you rather stay here? And he said, oh, you know, I'm actually really glad to be going home. And I'm sort of thinking for a kid, well, it was interesting because here in L.A. we go to Disneyland every year. We're right by the beach. He gets mm -hmm. to surf. I mean, he's exposed to so much stuff that never happens in London. Um, and I said, why is that? And he said, I, I, just, I just don't quite feel like my feet ever touch the ground when I get here. Yeah, And I just kind of thought that was quite a, a good way of putting it. You, you just don't quite know what you're tethered to um, and whether it's real or not. And and we that's kind of why we what we love about it. We mm. love this thing that anything could Anything's happen. Anything's possible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whether it's great success, terrible tragedy, it all takes place in that one area. Mm. And when you're in L.A., particularly the first time you get there, you're like, I think I've been here before because you've seen so much TV and movies that everywhere you go, it's like, I think I was here when I was a kid. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 That's funny. I, and I'm sure that's that's more commonplace if you're American too. Right. right. Yeah. You uh, have always kept a really interesting film career uh, too. So when you decided to do this, did you worry that it's one or the other or... Uh, has TV moved on where you can do both? I think TV, I think, you know, right now, and I speak for, you know, many shows, not not just our show, that TV's now in its zenith. You, you know, it's like what the 70s were for movies, the right. 40s are for, for, for TV. I, I think it's a phenomenal time for TV and to be involved in it. And I, I you know, we slightly... I mean, this show slightly preempted, you know, perhaps that curve, but God, am I glad that it worked out that way because yeah. I really, as I say, I, I didn't have much experience of TV. I, I mean, I had none, in fact. I'd just done movies um, and some plays. Mm -hmm. So I was very lucky to end up in a show that was not only successful, but was sort of groundbreaking in its own way in terms sure. of creating a sort of new morality, if you like, and, and uh, or or more, you know, an acceptance around certain things um, being being shown on there, but uh, but also just to work with. I love working with David. I really mm -hmm. love working with him and um, and Pam. I adore and she's brilliant. She's just, she's just brilliant, fantastic, and the funniest woman I have ever yeah, met. Yeah, I agree yeah, with that on and off screen. Um, and so I I just it's it's a dream. It's like going. I it's I feel sort of kind of hesitant about even saying this stuff because I hate, you know, I hate it when you just hear actors who are full of hyperbole about the thing they're doing. But in in this instance, the, the, it is a bit like going back to a sort of um, a little friend family mm -hmm. every year. And, um, and, and yet we then have this whole bunch of tourists who come in um, each season who, as you say, make it into a different place. and Everything and different becomes different based on some of those, uh, so I guess, new, are guest stars. Yeah, it's a new experience every year as well. So it's been it's been really fun, yeah. Well, you know, when you're bringing up about the change that took place, and I think Showtime has a lot to do with this because they keep 
bringing out really edgy, uh, interesting shows. But we used to sit around and debate movies and talk about movies. Mm. And now since movies have become boxing robots or whatever they are, we debate these television shows. And they're never on the networks. People don't sit around and talk about the big network shows. Mm -hmm. But they debate these other shows. And it, it feels like if you miss some of these shows and then you go to a party, you're left out. You know, you're yeah, left out completely. Yeah, I know. I know exactly what you mean. And I I don't really follow any shows. I mm-hmm. just don't have the time in, in my life at the moment. But I did get hooked on... Um, and so it ends up happening in sort of box sets. So, mm-hmm, so there'll right. be a Christmas time and I'll, I'll just... So uh, Mad Men was one of them and then Homelands, which is just right. finished, which has kind of... Isn't this... Tra- it's sort of left a little hole, a hole in my week. Because that when, Sunday when it's night, gone... Yeah. That Sunday night, 9 p.m., and so I love the idea that, you know, we're doing a show that there's a bunch of people out there who feel the same way about. That's a really nice feeling. <laughs> no, it is. It, it, it's, it's great, too, because, like I said, somehow the movies have left us behind. The, the, the blockbuster movies mm. have kind of taken over, where if you even go back in your career... Uh, Laurel Canyon was kind of like Californication, these people. You're the only person that said that, and I completely agree. I've always said exactly the same thing. To me, that was like a little template for... Yeah. And Californication was originally a movie script that Tom wrote. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And couldn't quite finish it, didn't quite know how to finish it. I can't remember the exact story, but then I think it was his wife who said, well, why don't you try and take it to you know around around the state see if anyone wants to do it as a tv series so that when you when you first read that did it remind you of laurel canyon right off the bat did you think okay this yeah, I did. same kind of thing Absolutely. has happened yeah I did. to these people yeah. uh, and 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 the 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 world the, the sort of i guess the kind of rock and roll world where anything right. goes and and it's slightly lawless in its way and it's without many boundaries and yeah it's fluid and yeah well this year it kind of catches up with hank though right is he going to yeah start to deal with so many of his excesses is so many of his um because it stops becoming you know like in real life everybody likes the party guy until you hit a certain age or a certain place where you're like Holy well, shit. I, I think what's clever about what Tom's done and, and what David is carrying off is that, you know, it's sort of like he stood, he's kind of stepped to the side of the stage and he's saying, you think I'm crazy? Look at this shit. Right. So, so something else will come along. And so, like, let's say Tim Minchin's story this season or, you know, which features Marilyn Manson, all sorts of crazy shit goes down <laughs> with that. Or last season with RZA. Or, you, you know, there's there's these other people who are coming on and being even more crazy than, than he is. And so now he's he's also sort of reactive in a way. And the first few seasons, it was very much, you know, he was the protect. I mean, he was the one who was slightly creating the kind of storm. Right, the chaos. Yeah, and, and now other people are. And he's almost, he, I think, is, you know, he's buffeted by the waves of, for, he, he's less um, yeah. responsible in a way for, for, the, for the shit that goes down. Well, I mean, I know that was always the premise that nothing was his fault. He just, I was just there. <laughs> he I was just there anything. at the time, yeah. a victim of circumstance. And, and perhaps that would have become repetitive. So I think what's good about these, these uh, kind of, uh, I call them, you know, visitors coming in is is that they give it um a new a new kind of injection of energy and is it adjustment too do you have to think to yourself okay we're kind of in a whole different place i can't 
go back to where my head was in season three or season four. You're always moving I forward. I think it helps that usually I've done a couple of other jobs in between and mm-hmm. um, it's been nine months between each season. So, yeah, it's not like it's something you do every day of your right. life. And, yeah. But then you have to go back and put that character on again. And do you, do you watch any of the previous seasons? Oh, yeah, or? I always watch the... Yeah. The season that we've just done before we shoot. Yeah, always. So you know, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. who I am and this and is where I'm going. also because you never know what ends up in an episode and what doesn't. And mm-hmm. You tend to shoot more than ends up in the episode. So you need to kind of keep a vague eye on. In terms of acting like that, though, does it get easier as you get along where you're getting new characters or, or you know, is it uh, does it become somewhat lost in all these characters that you've done over the years? You know, like w- when you find out you're getting a new film, does it is it as challenging as you when you were younger, or more challenging? Yeah, I I just I love any opportunity to act. I I would just want more. Mm-hmm. This is honestly what I would say. And and I mean I, I I want more of a certain kind of opportunity. Obviously, I'm kind of probably I don't know. I'm I'm selective, and that's just the way I am. I can't stop that. I can't be in something that I wouldn't want to see. So I what mean, does it take? When do you how quickly do you know when you get something no, this is what I wanna this is what I'm I think it, to put it's my time. just about that sort of having is is someone telling a story? Is is mm-hmm. this is this part integral to the story? Does it matter? Does it make a difference? And if it's superfluous then as in life, you know, I, I don't right. want to be in superfluous in someone's life. I don't want to be superfluous in in the job I do. I want to have a sense of um, belonging and purpose and even, you know, at best deliver some kind of message as well, mm-hmm. you know, but th- those parts, um, they're hard to find. Well, you, you know, you, you ha- always have been pretty daring, I think, uh, with your career. And of course, the book that you wrote is very few people, I think, are willing to actually take their life and kind of deal with it that way. It's such an extraordinary book, particularly for the folks that uh, that need it at that time because yeah, very few places to nice find responses. that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think that was part of it. Is there was such a dearth of material on loss and death, and right. particularly, you know, perhaps earlier on in your life. I, I mean, there, you know, some. I mean, there was a wonderful book, you know, Year of Magical Thinking, and mm-hmm. um, and then obviously a grief observed C.S. Lewis's book. I mean, these are obviously heady, wonderful literary pieces, and mine's not that, but. I just, you know, and from the response that I've had to it, it seems that there is, um, there's a gaping hole there. Right. Because we're not used to letting ourselves know how fragile, I think, this entire experience is. Mm. So we can let ourselves think that this is important or that's important. Well, and also, I think, you know, the sense of entitlement that most of us walk around with, that everything should work out for the best and everything should be good and we should be content and we deserve to be or we have a right to be um, for things to work out and of course I don't know when that notion started but it's misguided Uh, it's certainly a a thing of modern times and it's really interesting of how we will go out of our ways to find people who we view are doing better or luckier than us rather than to see that you know half the world is really struggling to find food or water but we'll sit around and go 
how's Robert De Niro get everything and I got nothing? You know what I mean? We will go out of our way to find examples where we can feel like we haven't gotten enough, you know? Well, maybe that's one of the excesses of an aspirational society. I mean, yeah. It, it thrives on that very notion, doesn't it? Well, this, um, and it takes us back to California because it's really people who probably don't know how lucky they were to yeah. find themselves from well, the beginning. And, and actually, it's what David always said. The thing that drew him to the story originally was this idea that a couple met and they had it. They yeah. had that thing. They had the spark. They were in love. And they lost it, destroyed it, and then tried to get it back and right. couldn't. That, you know, you, you don't, you, maybe you don't get a second chance. Yeah, and you just remember that one moment where it just worked great. So you hang you around for that for time yeah. and time again. It's extraordinary stuff. Californication, it premieres this Sunday at 10.30 on Showtime. Now, if you haven't been with the show, it's the type of show that you can jump into. Or there's all the on-demands and box sets. And it's certainly worth your time. Thank you so much for stopping Thank by. Thank you. Thanks very much. I'm a big uh, fan of your work, and I hope to see you next time coming through. Thank you. She's fascinating, huh? She's pretty awesome. Very, um, well, even like sexy is almost like too, uh, I, I'll just say this, wherever that woman would go in life, people would be like, holy shit. You know what I mean? Like that whole time that she, that she was here. She has a great presence. Yeah, you can see why some people become TV and movie <laughs> stars. Yeah. Other people come in here and they're just like, you know, Half a sack of potatoes, if I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but that was a woman that you would cross the bar to get turned down by her. Well, you have to. Well, I, Truman Show. And, you know, when you thought, like, he couldn't get her out of his mind nope. through the Truman Show. That's why. It was that woman that was just in here. Fuck. I'm not used to her because I was thinking to myself, I think I've seen her in, like, seven roles and she was American every single time. Yeah. And then she comes in with that very sexy English accent. Love the English accent. Made me want to start a band. And I actually almost said to her, you know, when I was in the Kinks, I was just trying to... Oh, wow. You know what I mean? I was trying to seem interesting, too. Throw something out there. Yeah. I was like, uh, hey, don't fool yourself. There's a lot of interesting shit about me. All right, lady. All right, All right. Natasha. And I just, I took my badge and I, I go like this. I just shake it at her. I go, they don't give Navy stars out for nothing.
That's not. You know, hoping that she wasn't going to read that it's a serious <laughs> security badge. Um. Um. So anyway, Californication. I've never missed an episode. I've seen a lot of the compilations online, but then I'm, I'm a, a lot of sex in there. Yeah, There's a lot of breasts, a lot of ass, and just like sex, like people and fucking plus each other. The, you know, on the other hand, I, I'm a big David Duchovny fan anyway. David's the shit. Now, have you ever seen this movie Laurel Canyon? Yeah, I saw Laurel Canyon. It was cool. <clears throat> uh, she was with uh, Francis McDormand. They had a little, little thing, fun thing go down. <laughs> Her and another, you know, it was the the magic three way. Didn't they never have it? Was just teased though, right? No, they fucked around in the pool and they oh, fucked yeah, around yeah, yeah, in the yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. Then they felt bad about it because Francis McDormand was Batman's mother. And Batman was like a dick. <laughs> oh, yeah, Batman was the fucking uh, <laughs> he was like the biggest dick ever. Guy, yeah. <laughs> he didn't know what the fuck was going on. I'm like, you could be hopping in the middle of this between your chick and your mom, Francis McDormand, and really turning this into a movie people would remember. Everybody's gonna come, dog. <laughs> anyway, Californication. I'm going to do another thing I'm going to call Floridication, where it's just how people go to Florida and go batshit. Because Florida is another place where you might be like, you'll get there and you're like, this is nuts. And then before you know it, it's normal to you. Well, New York's the same way. New York, you get to New York and you're like, when you first get there, you're like, how could anyone live like this? And then after a while, you're like, uh, how could anyone live anywhere else? You've got to be on the edge. You've got to be moving all the time. Everything has to happen quickly. Well, I went to when I was down in Fort Lauderdale for like a week and a half for like spring yeah. break. And I was just fucking hanging out with dudes on the beach and shit that just were just dudes on the beach. Right. And it was just fucking, you know, just getting fucking hammered every night. After a while, it starts to make sense to you. <laughs> like, like, you know what? I could be a dude on the beach. This is the life. I mean, I can just walk up and down, sell shit to the fucking college kids. <laughs> yeah. You know, it takes no time at all till you start going, I've got the adjustment. And then you can't end up anywhere else. You know, you don't know how to be. Um, and in Florida, we always hated the New Yorkers for saying this isn't, you know, in New York, this place would still be open. Oh, in New York, God. you'd be like, finally, you're like, go back to fucking New York, dude. Listen. We're trying to do something else down here. We're trying to get weird. Uh, Mike <laughs> in D.C., you're on the Run of Face show. Hey, Ron, how you doing? Good. If I may bring this back to the uh, gun shooting issue. All right, hold on. Um, I just want to work on your phone for one second. Go ahead. Uh, can I bring us back to the shooting issue? Sure, you can. All right. You know, so I'm, I'm a gun owner, you know, and I fully support very strong gun control. And but some of the talk about the about people with mental illness is what, what kind of sounds strange to me. You know, on one side they're talking about how we need to get people a lot of help, we need to make sure everything is accessible, and then on the other side they're talking about creating databases of everybody, the type of stuff that you think would deter people. They're talking about how they're dangerous. You know, so and a lot of these people who end up doing these shootings, it seems like they're kind of the paranoid type. You know, they're a little bit reclusive, a little weird. And I don't know that they're the kind of people who are going to show up and sign up to be on the national list of gun owners and Prozac takers. Well, it's a very funny thing. Like, what do you hope to do with that list once you have it? Uh, are you saying once you go on Prozac, you have to turn your gun in? So it, you know, oh, I, I need Ambien, so i got to turn my gun in. I mean, at what place is it mental? And if you look down at it on you know, edgy, paranoid people, a lot of them seem to be gun owners. I mean, if you look at that fucking Alex Jones, he came off Ugh. as somebody who needed mental fucking health. 
somebody that who's... That guy's a lunatic. And then the other thing is, what about you know privacy issues? Because it seems like every other person is taking some kind of a pill. You know, then you're going to end up with a list of everybody. You're going to start looking at what, what, what do you, what else, what other information do you need to make that list make sense? I, I, yeah, I don't know. What, uh, first of all, are we blaming it on the pills, or are we saying pe- or people need to get more pills? I mean, it is the the weirdest thing about it is some the the notion that I can take a pill and then I no longer will feel one way, I will feel another way, and life will be good. That's what you used to call an addict. That was somebody who wasn't dealing with life and dealing with their feelings. So I don't know if this list is supposed to be, we need more pills or less pills. Let me tell you about this side of it. I do sports shooting, you know. Mm. Excuse me. I remember I, I do uh, competition shooting. You know, you know, I live in I live in a crowded urban area. You know, I have a lot of neighbors around me. You know, if, if somebody breaks into my and I have kids in my house, if somebody breaks into my house, I'm probably not going to be pulling out my guns. I'll probably end up shooting one of my neighbors or one of my kids or something. You know, but you know, a lot of these people that I do sports shooting with, man, these people are paranoid. You know, I show up over there, they're talking about people coming into the house, taking their guns away. And I'm telling these people, I'm a lawyer, you know, I'm, t- I'm telling them, like, no one's ever going to do that. You know, that's not constitutional. They can't, they can't come and take away something that you bought legally. That's just not going to happen. And even if you hear politicians talking about it, they don't know what they're talking about. It's just, the, the, court, the Supreme Court would never allow it. And then and I'm, I buy things that are gun-related. So I end up on these email lists. Man, these people are flipping out. They are flipping out. I mean, they're, they're going out just buying everything they can. They're starting to hoard things. You can't even buy basic things that you need for competitions anymore because the, the gun nuts are hoarding them. And they think that Obama is going to come personally, kick their door in, and take their gun safe away. And I don't know how you reason with these types of people. It seems like there has to be kind of a middle uprising. You know, the, the, the people in the middle have to speak up, and I don't hear much of that at all. Well, I don't you know? hear anyone even using logic on the people who are afraid of their own government because... Uh, I don't think that the military, the the same people that are are worried about the military coming in and taking their guns are also the same people that seem to be upset that Obama wants to cut the military. You know what I mean? And I don't think that they understand that the people in the military are our brothers, our children, our uncles, our neighbors. I, I, I find it very hard to believe that one day the American military is going to go through Chicago or St. Louis, or to even think there's enough people in the military to do that. And it's a very large people, country. Well, and like you said, people. lawyers will be on this in a heartbeat. Another contradiction. Go ahead. Look, I, I don't know why these people are constantly bringing up the Revolutionary War. I mean, what the fuck does that have to do with 1776, dude. What, what does that have to do with anything? I mean, is there a single time in modern American history in the last hundred years or even longer where anyone has ever, you know, any government people have ever gone into anyone's house and started taking their shit away? I mean, if you build a train track on somebody's property, you have to pay them for it. Uh, Hicks came back and brought up the same thing, Waco, the Branch Davidians. And I do remember, because I was doing radio then, I was fucking furious. And I also remember that 91% of the people agreed 
with bum rushing that place. Uh, wasn't that guy children? children? Yeah, that's wasn't what the they said, but I don't think that he was. There was never any proof before or after that he had sex with children. But if you go back to that, remember how long it took them to just get in Waco. I mean, if it you was really a siege, right? Like, yeah, but it went on for like months, and then finally people got sick of it. Like it started to become bad TV. Um, so they got sick of it, but you know, if you really go back into it, let's say in the term of, uh, Nazi Germany, uh, that was kind of a militaristic fucking country. The military was everywhere. You would turn around and see it. When's the last time that you saw any amount of troops together doing anything in this country? It seems like it would take generations of, of building up the military and changing our philosophy before they would go around and take everybody's guns. Uh, and, the, and going back to the Revolutionary War, we were in more or less somebody else's country. You know what I mean? We didn't belong. We were not the United States. We were in England, and they actually sent troops over here to keep an eye yeah, on the people who, who were here. Um, all right, Mike, I appreciate it very much. But the thing that you brought up, it's a way more complicated issue than most of the screaming. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know that there's a solution. There may not be one. It, it certainly is going to take a long time before there's a solution. And the other thing about it is the next time we have a mass shooting, then the same people will be jumping up screaming again. And normal people seem like they don't want to deal with this. Uh, I, I brought this up because we were talking about Chris Christie today, saying he'd be willing to talk about the gun thing. But we also need to talk about the mental health thing and video games. He's got a, had a big problem with uh, video games. Uh, I was talking to Natasha today. There is something in us in America where we are much easier watching Dexter with our kids than we would be Californication with our kids. We would change the channel, most of us, if you had young kids. But if you're watching Boardwalk Empire... You know, I'd rather fuck it. I'd rather watch someone's fucking head get cut off in front of a child than graphic sex. Um, let's um, feel weird. Here is um, let's go over here to Gary. Gary in uh, Virginia, you're having a problem with something I said. No, sir, I'm not having a problem. I'm just calling to bust your balls a little bit, sir. Go ahead. Um, you said uh, in passing that the police would come into Chicago or St. Louis and take the guns. Well, there's no guns in Chicago. It's against the law. You can't own guns in All right, Chicago. Well, but but here's an interesting thing. All right, these illegal guns that they have in Chicago, right? How come that never gets filed back to where that thing came from? How come you never hear of anyone getting fucking arrested because the gun that they manufactured and sold somehow ended up in a fucking gangbanger's hands in yeah, Chicago? Really, how, how can you... How can you hold the maker of the gun responsible when he had to pass, you know, all these laws and, and all these rules to sell it to a gun dealer, and then it ends up somebody buying the gun? You know, the gun dealer maybe should be held accountable. They did it the with cigarettes. Maker. Yeah, they, they, Fez is um, absolutely correct about that. Uh, alcohol has also went through the same thing. I remember when I was younger. Uh, that we said when they start to make the DUI things, I'm going. We were going. People would never 
put up with the fact, of course, <laughs> you're going to be able to drink and drive. This is America. And now people will tell you. And also, look what you, you see with the cigarettes. People follow Chris Stanley down the street. Uh, telling him that he's an animal for the way he smokes. Um, fucking just making fucking shitty comments. Fuck, I'm getting kicked off the fucking side of the building because... All right, uh, here is uh, Mark in Chicago. Go ahead, Mark. Hey, guys. Um, I live in Chicago. I, I have guns. They're they're not illegal. There was a handgun ban and there was an assault weapon ban, but uh, there's still plenty of guns out there that are legal here. And how difficult is it to have a gun in Chicago? Is it difficult? I, it's, I mean, no one ever questioned me about it. Um, so no, there's no difficulties in it. Lots of and yet we hear there. all the time they've made guns illegal in Chicago. They've made guns. And you'll hear that they've made guns illegal in New York. But of course, we work with a lot of people that bring guns in and out of here and it seems to be safe enough. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait for the day that it's not. And then, you know, and then I'll, I'll blame video games. No. And the video games that I'm fucking blaming right now is Frogger. It's just a frog going across the street. Might as well ban cars. Is then. it? Yes. Or does that frog represent society? No, that frog is just the poor frog trying to get to the side of the road. All right. Someone wrote to me, stop drugging your kids, America, is step one. But if you look into this and you're asking for us to have more mental health, they're going to drug right from the from fucking word go. And the whole thing with mental health, when people were acting like this is easy. I saw uh, Penn Jillette, who is a libertarian, being so thoughtful and bright with his viewpoints on one, like Wendy or Williams show, right? I saw it. They read, did it in the middle of the night. And everybody was screeching at him and going crazy <laughs> because it's so difficult. And Wendy Williams, I want a mental health czar in every county in America. And everybody was clapping. My fucking partner has mental fucking health issues. He also has insurance and he has money to deal with it. And yet I would say not only have we not made any progress, we've regressed since we started to work on this. It's much harder than people understand. And it affects a lot more than just that one person. It affects their family, the people that they work with on a daily basis. So to act like somehow there's this therapist that's going to sit down and talk to you, man. You know, like every school has a student counselor. Yeah. Very few of us fucking really ever got anything out of the, out of the student council. You know what I mean? That that fucking psychologist that's at the the school. They don't seem like they're they're admitting the fact that some of these things are going to take years, if not generation, for us to um, to jump on. Um, Let's go over to Justin. Justin, you're on the Runifest show. Yeah, just yesterday I was reading an article on USA Today. There was a uh, gang shooting. I think it was in New York um, at a house party where these gang members called the Wolf Pack weren't allowed in. And they, had, uh, they went back to their car, had an AR-15, shot up the house, killed a 16-year-old girl. And then a few days later, this, this uh, gun was found in the backseat of a car, and they traced the ballistics back to 
a gentleman that had purchased it for $1,300 and then sold it to these gang members for an eight ball of cocaine and like a hundred bucks. So there is some progress being made, but there's... Well, I mean, that's one case, but we're hearing about the amount of illegal things out there, and it would seem to me that 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 should be word and day one, that if anybody is not keeping their... Be a legal gun owner. But if you find out that you're keeping that gun in a fashion that it's not supposed to be, it's lent out, it's given away, it's sold, it's traded, right away, we should be attacking that fucking shit. And there's no new guns, and legal gun owners don't take any fucking heat for it. They That may be years before we could catch up to that. More than if, if you're just going to keep, if you call something illegal and then you let these things go around anyway, what's the point of these laws? Um, let's go over here to Danny in South Dakota. You're on the Runafest show. Hey, Ron. How's it going? Yeah. Yeah, my point about the whole gun thing is, um, you know, I have a lot of guns. And I have absolutely zero worries as a legal gun owner of anyone coming to get my guns for this one simple fact. The people coming to get my guns also are gun owners. You know, your military, your police, that people think are coming to get your guns also own guns. And they're, why are they going to go after themselves next? I mean, that's a very simple. Well, there are plenty of cops that will tell you, dude, you should own a gun. You know what I mean? Now, you would think since a lot of times... Um, you would think that the cops would think, hey, it would be safer for my job if there aren't guns out there. Um, it, it would be, and this is why I think that we need an honest place to start, not just calling each other nuts or pussies or whatever it happens to be, but why not, and I know why not, because it would take some responsibility and adult fucking actions to sit down and actually look at this and say to ourselves, we're all on the same side here. We don't want to see kids get killed. What can we possibly do, all of us together, to make sure that doesn't happen? Which is why it's always crazy to to start to attack gun owners the second that we don't like something, because it just leads to these two walls going up on each side. And then nothing changes. And, and the fucking Alex Joneses of the world hurt gun owners more than they fucking help gun owners. Uh, the Pierce Morgans of the world fucking hurt more than they fucking help. He knows what he's doing, putting that fucking retard on his show and letting him scream while he sits there calmly. I used to do the same thing with the fucking idiots from that church and just let them ramble on Everybody thought that they were idiots. At least they sang. Hicks, there's something about you today. I don't know whether it's the flu medication, yeah. but I see you don't want to be in a serious talk radio conversation. No. And so these like these little things of it's almost like the kid in the back of the class. <gasps> blow me, blow me. I mean, I'm picking <laughs> up on it. I get it. I know it's happening. I'm gonna allow it to happen, <laughs> but I'm just saying this. Don't think that I'm unaware. I'm looking at my... These callers are very serious. We're having a They're talk pissed. radio thing. And you're acting like uh, a brat at this point right now. Oh, a brat. Didn't want to come off like that. Um, Mike, in Canada, you're on the Run of Fez show. 
Hey there, you asked a question earlier if we should be, if the answer is more drugs or less drugs, and there's a really excellent documentary on Netflix called Generation RX, and it talks about how um, so many of these drugs people take for depression and stuff, they end up creating uh, side effects like depression and, and uh, suicide and uh, paranoia and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's a really excellent documentary. I think a well, lot of people should watch it because it brings up an understanding about how when people are, you know, taking these things, thinking it's helping them, sometimes just making the situation much worse. And then so many of these kids that have done these things are on these types of medications. Well, let, let, you know, we go back to this, and of course they're on these type of medications because they're already fucked up to begin with, and maybe the drug didn't work as well as it should, or blah, blah, blah. But there's another thing that takes into this. These drug companies invent a drug. Um, yeah. And then their and next that's, that's, job is to get everybody to take that drug. I mean, it becomes exactly. it becomes about marketing rather than about the other thing. And this is the problem. This is a problem of capitalism that we have to all agree to. Okay, that not everybody should be drinking beer, but when you market, you market to everybody. Everybody can see. The marketing, whether you're a child, an alcoholic, blah, blah, blah. doesn't matter. Let's take it into a drug that most of us is, thinks, um, you know, is not going to be so much a mood changer, but to any of the fucking dick pills, right? You have a fucking pill for people that were either paralyzed or something fucking happened to them and they can't get a heart on. No. Now, we've taken that to... That drug's for everybody. You know what I mean? Now, is there the amount of people that need Cialis or Viagra in this country would probably be such a small percent. <laughs> if it's, you know, uh, let's say under 60, I bet it's like maybe a 1% tops. I know, I know, so many dudes. Even. Tops. And yet, everybody you know has fucking eaten that dope. <laughs> To get a rock hard dick, mm -hmm. you could take that along to Zoloff. You could take that to everything that you know about. The percent of people that could probably use that drug would be very small, and yet they market it on TV to get to all of us because a we don't want to work for it. We just want to take a happy pill and have it go away. We don't want to work for it at all. We don't. Yeah. We would much rather have this miracle pill. And so many times in my life I've seen the cover of Time magazine saying this is the drug that is going to make us all better. Well, whether it's a weight loss pill, whether it's a depression pill, they all every fucking 10 years we get the new drug that everybody then is going to do. And we're not certainly any fucking happier we're certainly not any uh happier um here is a uh, uh a gentleman who was part of the story he gave us a call right after his child went to sandy hook and he had to run over there we haven't talked to him s since it's gunner in connecticut how you doing gunner we're um, doing okay yeah. um we have some not so okay days and then some other days that are just okay but um, you know, we're a strong community and we're, we're, we're trying to be strong for, for our kids and for everybody else, you know? 
Um, but, but like I say, it's day-to-day. Um, I think, personally, I've been doing a lot of thinking about this lately, obviously. Um, I don't think it's a gun issue. I think this issue should start with the way we treat each other and the way families should raise their kids. I think there's bigger issues here than just should guns be regulated and this and that. I mean, it, it's a major problem if you've got people thinking it's okay to take lives, you know. Um, and, and I don't have any answers. Um, you know, uh, there's just far too many questions. Um, but I think, you know, part of it is that violence is accepted in this country and, and in our, the way we live. It, it's, it's okay to see violence when it really shouldn't be. And, uh, and I'm not for censorship or anything like that. Um, I just think we should, you know, maybe treat each other a little bit differently in, in, in everything we do and the way we go about life. Um, and, and obviously this isn't a change that's going to come overnight. No, it's going to take the, the ty- type of changes that you were talking about would take generations. But here's something about Americans. Number one, we have it in our thing right away of going, I see something wrong, and I'm going to point it out. I'm going to yell about how incompetent this person at the 7-Eleven is, and I'm going to let everybody know about it, and this pisses me off because I, my, my time has been fucked with. We think that our the, the difference between us uh, and, like, the Asians or even the English is we don't want to fucking stand online. We don't want to put up with any stuff because we're somehow special. There's also a way that I was raised where you cannot take any shit off anyone. You can't. If you start to take even the slightest bit of shit, that shit is going to rain on you. So you fucking stop it immediately, no matter what. What the fuck did you just say to me? (laughs) Everyone I know has fucking made that fucking statement in their life. Of what? At at the end of that little situation that you have, after standing up, not you specifically, but, you know... What did you gain from that? What happened at the end? Did did either one of our lives get a little easier? Did we get to the goal that we were looking for? Uh, no, we caused a little friction and we ruffled some feathers. How does that make our lives better? No, there's a lot of truth to that, that somehow that we are this shining, perfect example, each one of us, and everyone else is an asshole, and we're not part of a society. We are individuals. Yes. We are individuals. That's a very big part of the American thing. And if you even get outside of that, people get very upset if you go, hey, maybe we should be working for the greater good rather than just our own individual need. Most of the time when you hear somebody politically, you will find out that their views happen to help them personally. And, it's and very how, rare how to hear. Them? Yeah, nine it, times out of ten, it yeah. helps them financially. Exactly. That's what There's also no it comes back to. Except for money. Yeah, nothing. Money supersedes everything. And that is a major problem in our lives, Ron. Yeah. And, and I'm dealing with this myself. And you know what? Um, we're having a hard time financially, my family. But you know what? I walk. I get home from work every single day, and I see my kids, and I smile, and that alleviates every other problem I've got because you know what? They're there and, and I don't know, it just makes me happy to see them and see the smiles on their faces. Gunner, you know? Gunner how's your daughter doing going back to Sandy Hook and being with the kids you know, again? My daughter is doing great. Um, she's a trooper. 
And I don't know if she fully still understands how horrific it was. Because um, I know there's other kids in that school that are having a real hard time, you know. Right. But there's a lot of people there to help them get through it. And, and there's, you know, a lot of things being done to help these children in, in any way that they can. But, see, like I said, I'm pretty lucky. My daughter uh, was ready to go back when this new school was ready. Right. Um, she said, I want to get back. I want to see my teacher. I want to see my classmates. Um, you know, and, and it was a harder time for, for my wife and I. Right. To have her go back. You know, it's been a lot harder for us. You know, and, and the weird thing is, is I've got two, two daughters that are older than her. And my oldest daughter seems to be having, and she's in two schools above it. She's been having a little harder time, and it's not manifesting itself where it's easy to detect right away. But I can tell she's not herself. Right. You know? And that, again, may stay with, on some level, you know, the rest of her life, you just have to get it till it's manageable. You know what I mean? Like Exactly. And, you know, it just being able to say, look, if you don't want to talk to me or your mother, you know, there are people here that will, will try and help you, you know, and we just try and shower as much love on them as we can to let them know that, you know what, the world sucks sometimes. It's an awful, awful place, but there are bright spots and you're in a household that is a bright spot. You uh, know? All right, my friend. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ron. I appreciate the time. All right. Take care of yourself. Um, let's go over to Adam in Oklahoma. You're on Fez. Hey, guys. Uh, I was just, I mean, I think that the problem, and I live in a part of the world in Oklahoma where everyone is that terrified that the government is going to come and take their guns. And I'm, I'm kind of with Gunner. It's not, it's not a gun issue. It's not just a mental health issue. It, it has to be across the board. It has to be, we have to regulate the guns in a correct way. We have to help the mental health in a correct way. We have to become a society that cares about each other in a right way, not just this individual-minded, well, they're going to take my guns. Uh, I had a really good friend who was in the Army for a long time tell me one time that he believed that after being in the Army that anyone who wanted to own a gun should join the Army for three years because that's the only way they could ever learn to properly handle a gun. That's what he always said. And I'm not sure I believe that, but I think it is a holistic approach. We have to answer all the questions to get a real answer, not just one of them. I appreciate it, my friend. Uh, let's go over here to Andrew in California. Hey, Ron. Um, I just want to say, like, if, if we go after cigarette companies and we go after the gun makers for what happens, what's going to stop them from going after, say, alcohol... They have automakers. They have knife makers. You need to you need to go back and read a book called "Unsafe at Any Speed." Uh, the way that the car industry has changed and has in uh, the safety stuff improved over the course of the last thirty to forty years is extraordinary. And now, within uh, I was reading a thing. I think it might even be up on the iBang. They're going to be introducing accident-proof cars within the next 10 to 20 years. And that's because we've said safety is a fucking issue. Because when they used to make cars, safety was not an issue because it was just considered, hey, you're driving around in a fucking car. It's aesthetics, right? You know, you're fucking crazy. So go <laughs> ahead. Enjoy yourself. And by the time it got to be around a family thing, uh, you know, by, by the late 50s and early 60s, they started to figure out, hey, this stuff, you can't, you can't have this 
in our society. So in that time, it went completely. So your point, Andrew, doesn't make much sense. Um, you will see these issues if the people want it. But I think it's crazy to jump out and say they're the only issues because everybody who's called in is correct about something. I mean, someone has said, uh, all right, it's going to start with the family. Well, what do we do then, dude? We start taking people's kids away? Every time that you hear somebody talking about family issues, most of the time they're from the weirdest fucking families you've ever seen. You know what I mean? You hear that kind of stuff from the mega churches. The born-agains and shit. Yeah, and the fact of the matter is, are we supposed to raise each other's kids? Or do we want the government to raise our kids? Or is it up to the people? That is a complicated fucking question. You just can't throw it out there and act like it's no big deal. Well, no, it's easy. Just, you know, we just fix the entire family unit. Yeah, take care of it. My day, we did this. What do you want? You want the fucking government coming in and checking on you and your children? Because if enough people want it, it can be arranged. Or forcing an abusive father to stay with the family because that's the perfect family. Mother, father, children. It, it, again, how do you go out and do that block by block in America? You know, because what you, what you said, Fez, that's the way it's supposed to work. You're supposed to stay, take care of your kids, do a good job. Everybody fucks up. At what point do you find out <laughs> those parents aren't good enough? One year, two years, eight years? When does it fucking happen? What the fuck? Why do we throw these things out as if they're small? And you honestly are going to tell me that... Uh, I'll tell you right now. We sit around and talk about these things about where is America going and what are we doing. I guarantee you more people are interested and put more time into this weekend's football games than they do of any of the shit that we're talking about. They fucking will not put up with a bad football coach but they're willing to put up with a bad fucking commissioner in their county. They're willing to put up with a bad fucking uh, school board. They're willing to put up with a bad mayor, a bad governor, or a bad president. God fucking forbid that the uh, Kansas City Chiefs treat their interests the same way because these people will go fucking crazy. That's the, that's the weirdness about this. You can't sit around and act like every once in a while we give a shit about this. Because quite frankly, we don't. And that's why we throw out stupid things. Like, it's got to start in the home. It's yeah. got to, you know. Good families hey, equal no crazies. The only thing to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Well, what about 10 bad guys with guns? Then do we need 10 good guys with guns? Yes. How, would, how the fuck do you want to solve any of this shit if you're not willing to sit around and, and put away the t-shirt talk and put away the fucking bumper sticker talk and stop acting like because you realize that Alex Jones is a fucking moron that somehow that you've raised yourself intellectually. That you're going to look at... Um, any of this fucking shit and act like you've got a, a grip on it. I brought up the mental health issue right away. I don't understand how we could just throw out the term, we've got to do something about the mental health 
and then be against Obamacare at the same time. Because who's going to fucking pay for this mental health? Because guess what? The chances of some of these edgy people getting better are slim. The chances of your uh, uh, addicts getting better and behaving better are slim. It takes years and years and years. Are you ready to fucking commit to it? I doubt it. And those are the people who can't hold down jobs and can't get fucking benefits to get fucking Or think the bills. jobs are beneath them. There's certain jobs that are beneath them. Because we've held it up that somehow, unless you have some fantastic job, that you're not a part of uh, society. Um, here's uh, George in Ontario. You're on Manifest. Hey, Ron. How you doing? Good. Good. Uh, I I agree with uh, everything that you're you're talking about in regards to starting it from the home. Uh, but I think uh, a couple of issues. Number one, I think uh, you know media has really kind of dumbed uh, dumbed us down to really you know pursue anything uh, you know t towards um, you know whether or not be getting our rights back or. Look, you know, let me just tell you right off against about the media. Right off the fact. You don't have to watch Dancing with the Stars. You don't have to watch Turn My Fucking Chair Around to see who's the best singer. You don't have to watch any of those shows. Yep. That somehow, you don't have to watch CNN. You don't have to watch MSNBC. You don't have to watch Fox. What yep. you're trying to say, when people bad talk media, what they're trying to say is my neighbor's an idiot. My neighbor watches this stuff and believes it. And by the way, that's the guy that's going to be raising his kids. And you think he's too stupid to pick out a fucking news show. The whole thing about the media comes down to this. And it's simple. If you demand it, and enough people demand it, they will give it to you. You want to fucking show the media how to watch? Just start watching the PBS show every night. Do that, they get the ratings, and then everybody will be coming in from a different thing. You want to show the media how to want as an act? Start to fucking watch um, Al Jazeera, and all of a sudden, before you know it, there'll be fucking Al Jazeera's all over the place. The media doesn't give a fuck about anything other than making money. They don't give two shits about anything other than making money. Everyone watches Glenn Beck show. And turn around and there'll be 40 Glenn Beck shows on TV. Everybody wants to watch Oprah. Turn around and there'll be nothing but Oprah shows on. That's how the media reacts. They give you what you already have. That's how it works. It's that simple. But it's not so much that we think that we're stupid. That we believe everything on the media. We think that our neighbors are too stupid to figure anything out. Quite frankly, we might be right. When we're saying, hey, it starts in the family, we're saying that as if our families are great and everybody else's family out there is a bunch of fucking assholes. Because that's how it feels to us. Um, here is uh, Mike in Vegas. You're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, Pepper, go blow your fucking nose already. Sorry. He is an animal. He's an animal and he lives that way. Ronnie, Ronnie, these gun enthusiasts that say that everybody should be armed. Everybody was armed in the Wild West and people got shot all the time. 
the first thing that they tried to do when you brought society to the Old West is calm down all the yahoos who wanted to solve every problem <laughs> with a gun. You know what I mean? The first thing they started to do is ship judges out there to say you can't take the law into your own hands. We're having showdowns, though. It's great. Hey, uh, here's Luke in Buffalo. You're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Ron. I just want to elaborate a little bit on why you think Alex Jones is a fucking moron. All you'd have to do is turn on the way that he presented himself <laughs> screaming the other night when it, he, he didn't even need to do that. That's all you have to look at. He could have sat down and had any kind of uh, conversation. He was on CNN. And he ended up screaming about how revolution is coming. And now we have to, well, he's paranoid about our own government. When you find people that are supposedly Americans that seem to be so anti American, as a society, we have to go, what is going on? What is going on when we believe? that our own people, us, are going to attack us. Or we have all these different death cults who somehow believe that we're going to be uh, rationing and fighting over water and gasoline. That's not a world you want to live in anyway. Stop fucking loading up your guns and start to figure out how what we can do before this place turns into Mad Max. Jesus Christ. Um... Here is Jacob. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. Um, first of all, I want to let you know that uh, Pepper is the fucking gangster. I love him. Gangster of love, baby, but love that's him. it. Some head. people call him Maurice. I love him. Um, I had a question. I went on a birthright to Israel where they filled you up with propaganda, obviously. But what I noticed when I was there, first of all, everyone's strapped. Everyone's got guns. Not a big deal. You felt very safe, very secure. Um, but it seemed like what was keeping them all together from not killing each other is that they had one enemy, which is pretty much everyone around them. Absolutely. Is that something, that in, is that something in the United States that we have all of these different groups, whether it be blacks or Hispanics or whites or Muslims or Jews, where there's just too much going on and everybody's scared of each other, so this is why we have so much violence. You know what? It's a really good point. If you really want to see gun restrictions in this country, the best thing that you could do is start a programming called Let's Arm Black People. Let's help black people own automatic weapons. That's what the fucking liberals should do. Say, look, what we want to do is an arms race inside this country. <laughs> and we want to arm Hispanics and blacks and skinheads and see if suddenly people don't want to start having some more restrictions on guns. But he did bring up a thing, because people use Israel as if it's this wonderful society that they have, and they spend most of their time shaking motherfuckers down. You know, there's checkpoints over they're there. They're in constant danger, yeah. actually. It's, um, they're in a sea of shit. <laughs> and anyone who's not an Israeli is fucking suspect. Yeah. After those bus bombings, they really just fucking cracked down. You know, um, Lincoln is by far, I guess, the front runner for this. Fez already gave us his uh, opinion today that Lincoln's going to win Best Picture and Spielberg's going to win. And uh, Tony Kutcher is the writer of that. And he's the, you know, Angels in America, Pulitzer Prize winner, Tony winner. And he's written this thing. And he, you would think that he's the front runner, but he's also. Uh, 
written some pro-Palestinian stuff. Oh, no. So if they win everything but that, you really <laughs> will be able to look at the Jews in Hollywood. I'm not saying I'm not saying if everybody, you know, doesn't win that they're blaming on him. But if everybody in that thing wins but him, I'll be really cracking up tomorrow morning. Uh, set your alarm, and we will uh, talk about it at the beginning of the show. Oscar. The Oscar Oscar stuff. I want Polo ready to go eleven oh one. Okay, I'll get him. He also tells me that Fez is dodging him. So I imagine because I said that Fez will call him tonight. All right. And try to, you know, bring him in a little closer. Boy, that week Fez was with him was really helpful, wasn't it? At the time it seemed like it was really helpful. The worst thing that happened was Fez's penance were over. And we haven't had him being that Aggressive on the show since. No, man, that, that was like it was like three or four days because there was a weekend in between there. Fucking amazing. Um, here's Alex in Ohio. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. Uh, you touched on this a little earlier. You were talking about funding the mental health things. I'm just wondering why the right hasn't come out and said we're sorry. I don't want to make it right versus left, but we're sorry for Reagan defunding mental health issues um, and basically causing homelessness in America. You could honestly make that point that when he went and, and emptied out the uh, mental health places, the places that they would keep the long-timers. And, uh, you know, we talk about money and all, but I always wonder myself, what's what is that costing us and what we are paying first responders and police to stop and deal with these people that aren't going to get better no matter what you do to them. I'm talking about the kind of homeless people that are pushing all their stuff around a cart and talking to themselves. I'm not talking about a dude who got kicked out of his house. I'm talking about some of these people who've been wearing the same shoes for seven years. They choose, They want to be there. Or not wanna be they there, don't want to be there. They're, they're fucking response. mentally insane. They're mentally insane. And you're not going to be able to fix it with any drug, any operation, Nothing. These are people who something inside of them have snapped in a way that we don't even understand scientifically. Because you can only push it so far. You know what I mean? You, it was brought up to me when it's like a piece of sheet metal. That the mind is like a piece of sheet metal. You can bend it this way. You could move it that way. But once it snaps in half, well, what the fuck are you going to do about it then? Welding torch. Yeah, I don't. We don't think we have a, a welding torch <laughs> for the brain yet. Um. Here is James. James, you're on the Run of Fez show. James, once, twice, gone. Um. Here's Chris in Maryland. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. Yeah. Uh. Just a trip down memory lane, especially with these video games. Do you remember, I can remember, uh, working on DOS computers, and some guy comes in, and he brings in a disc, Castle Wolfenstein, puts it in the computer. It's a first-person uh, first shooter game that when it was out there. And I swear to God, a crowd of people came around the computer, you know, with their mouths hanging open, saying, Jesus Christ, this is... You know, brand new technology. It's it's really amazing when you you see the progression. Every version of these games, 
gets more and more detailed, and now you have, of course, Call of Duty, Black Ops. Uh, I don't think there's no stopping this te- technology. Well, do you honestly think it's the tech that these games make people go out and kill? Crazy people, yeah. Okay, but in the same way, you can say that about guns. I mean, you're saying <laughs> crazy, crazy people are affected, and they'll go out and use guns. I mean, do we stop everything in the country because of crazy people? Do you not have uh, bars because some people are alcoholics and can't handle it? Do you, you know what I'm saying? Do you get rid of cars because some people drink and drive? Uh, I don't have the answer for that. I was just going to comment on the advance of the... I, I have, I, but, I, but I'm going to go back to your point. Has there ever been any link between a first-person game and somebody who then decided to go out and shoot? I don't know if we've actually even proven. I think you have to start at that thing. Now, I'm not here to to protect first-person fucking games. Um, not at all. I think people just like to throw it out there because they see a fucking first-person game where you have a gun and you're shooting someone in the face. Well, they're also desperate for an answer. If they see that... But that's not an answer. That's just saying something. That is not an answer. I mean, we know that people fight at football games. Does does football make people fight? Or would they be fighting wherever they were drinking? I don't know. And I think that we jump into this stuff without knowing. I don't think... We put the time into it to say, is there a connection? I mean, obviously, when you talk to people and they go, there's no connection whatsoever, you can find out that they either make or love to play video games. I don't seem like I give a shit either way about it. I mean, I've played plenty of violent video games. I'm not a violent person. It, it does, I don't think it's affected Yeah, me. but your ADD keeps you from fucking following a conversation. Oh, no, I'm focused. What are you talking about? I'm focused on the conversation. That was something we talked about a half an hour ago. Holy shit. Did you blow your nose the way people were asking? I blew my nose, yeah. I'm going to the doctor after the show. Get some fucking drugs. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Maybe some fucking scissor, some fucking codeine, some Ritalin. Um, Brian in New Hampshire, you're on the Run of Fez show. How about we um, actually enforce the consequences of that use of guns instead of worrying about who has it and who doesn't? How about you penalize the ones that use them illegally instead of not enforcing the rules? But not only them, anyone who is responsible for that gun. Anyone who is responsible for that gun who ended up into their fucking hands should get some kind of penalty. Right. It's like speeding. Uh, I drive back and forth to Boston every day. Speed limit's 55 or 65. I drive 80 every day, and I'm passed by state patrol. What does that tell you? Speed limit's not enforced. So what's the point of having it on the rule books if we're not going to enforce it? Are you telling me that if we did not have a speed limit at all, that we'd be a better society, we'd be a safer society? I think you're insane when you said that. If there was no speed limit whatsoever, the fact that the cops don't catch every single person speeding is a lot different Yeah, than drive any way you want as fast as you want. I will tell you right now, if we said, you know what, it's stupid 
to have people come in and have their car checked. It doesn't matter. You would look out on the road in no time at all, and people would be driving around in shit. Dangerous, crazy, smoke-filled shit with spikes coming off the front of it. They would do it in a heartbeat. No one would have headlights. That's a pain in the ass to get fixed. They would, I'm telling you now, that we somehow act like we're not part of society. Or, you know what I mean? Like, it's us, and then the rest of the people are crazy. Yeah, us versus them, and them is the rest of the population. Them is everybody else. The other callers, <laughs> whoever it happens to be. Um, here is James. James, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, Ronnie, how you doing? Yeah. Yeah, listen, I'm diagnosed with schizophrenia. Uh... And every time something like this comes on the news, I, I, I cringe. And it really makes me feel like uh, uh, there's just no way in the world that anybody will ever just uh, see mental illness for what it is. Uh, I'm not dangerous, and, and, and most people with mental illness aren't. You know, in fact, it's, it's only a very small percentage of anyone with any sort of a diagnosed mental illness goes off on some sort of this, 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 this kind of a, uh, a thing with, with guns and things. And, and then, you know, uh, I, I hear talk of registries and things like that as far as registering people with mental illness. Well, what are you going to do, round everybody up? Um, yes, we're going to round you up and keep you behind fences. Again, I think people yell stuff like that at all because they feel like they need an answer within seven minutes. They feel like if the, the fucking answer to these complicated questions, if you can't put them in a tweet, no one will pay attention to you. Everything has to be Twitter size. With instant gratification with everything the, in our the, lives. The last shooting, I was saying to myself, right after it happened, and I... I, I, I Please, 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 don't let them say schizophrenia. Please, please, please. Because they say it at every, every shooting. Every time that there's, there's some kind of a disaster, they say, oh, he must be schizophrenic. Well, you know, Ronnie, I'm, I'm, I'm 50 years old, and I've been living with this for, you know, uh, uh, about 12 years. And it's really uncomfortable just to live with it. Then to have, you know, to become some sort of a societal pariah because you have a mental illness and people know it. Uh, and, and, and to watch the looks that you get and to see people, you know, go out of their way to avoid you and not take phone calls because, uh, you know, they're afraid to be associated with, with, with people with mental illness. It came up almost immediately and they threw it out there as if, uh, there is a quick fix to finding that you could take people who are dealing with mental illness and somehow figure out immediately which one of them is going to be the shooter and then put them in a different line. This is this is actually mental illness in the, in the way that we think we problem solve in this country. It's crazy sounding. I will tell you uh, something right now, though. Um, the problem that we have all the time is the people that are willing to speak up for it is the people that tend to benefit from it. And it would be really great in this country if 
people would speak up for issues that don't and will never affect them. You know, because I think the last thing that I need to hear from from people talking about gay rights is from a gay guy. I would much rather gay people come out and say, we are going to support music in schools. And then the people who will fucking seriously want freedom of speech will then work on the Second Amendment. And they're going to spend their time working on something that they're not going to use at all. People. And maybe at a certain point we would understand how to make the, the entire society work. But if you look at it about this as if it's a pie, America's a pie, everybody sees America as being their small slice of that pie. And that's all that they're fucking interested in. Uh, Jerry Barker just wrote to me and said, this is a brilliant conversation. We'd be better off the more we hear from these perspectives. Jerry, you went 0-5. You, you know how many people lost money because of him? Zero for five. You had five chances over this fucking weekend. That is the worst thing anyone's ever done <laughs> in the history of sports. At least I called the Packers. And then this is wh what happens when these guys predict games. Jerry wrote to me. He says, you want me to come in on Friday and, and talk about... How could I possibly? It's... You're dicey. like you're like a, a, a school bus driver who got drunk, drove off the bridge, and then, is going, then says to his boss as he swims out. The bus is going down. He swims out to the top, and he yells out to his boss, uh, am I in at 8 or 9 o'clock on Monday? <laughs> I'm thinking about this, bringing Jerry in, and then we all just bet against him. But that will fuck up. When you try to bet against the jinx, that's also a jinx. Um, here's our buddy Andy in Cleveland. Hey, guys. So last night, I'm out to dinner with my wife. I'm telling her the story about Alex Jones and what, you know, uh, the whole thing with Pierce Morgan and what I heard in your program and Opie and Anthony. And I'm trying to paint the picture for her. And I said, I'm not going to act it out. It's, it, I can't do it justice. But I said, just imagine your father about seven scotches in. And she, she got kind of laughs, and then the waiter comes by, we, we let it go. Two hours later, we're watching a John Stewart's summation, which was brilliant, of the whole uh, Connecticut mess. And he ends with that clip, and she sits up, and she's like, oh, my God, that last guy was my dad. <laughs> and I'm like, there you go. And the screwed up thing, Ron, is that he is that passionate. This guy, my father-in-law, is that passionate. And it's like a weird gun dementia. Uh, he has one 9mm pistol, and he got about a year ago. I've known him for about five-plus years, and in all that time prior to the gun, he never talked about gun rights or the Second Amendment at all. He buys one handgun, and you would think that this guy has a secret anteroom uh, like Anthony's with you know, just, a, just, a, just a whole armory. But he's got one handgun. And he's, you know, and, and with that, he's now a marching soldier for, uh, uh, for uh, gun rights, and he is loud and as vehement as uh, Alex Jones. It's, it's, it's really bizarre. And it makes me wonder, all these gun owners that are clamoring for mental health, when they start talking about all the reasons they have the guns, the societal collapses and the fears of anarchy and all these irrational fears uh, of government, etc., Aren't those irrational fears also mental illness? It would seem to me, if I was going around 
and checking to see people's mental health. This would a lot of this would fall under extreme paranoia. Extreme paranoia. And this started with the lawyer who called us early on who said no one could possibly that we could tie this up in courts forever. What are they so concerned about? But it seems like they honestly believe in their fearful minds that somehow society is going to fall and people are going to come for their beef jerky because you have most of us have very little at our house worth looting very little there's not a lot if suddenly we we lose everything there's not a lot that you have unless you somehow have massive amounts of gasoline in your backyard I don't know what people are going to come for because you would be eating your food and drinking your water as well. Flat screens aren't going to be too useful in the uh, aftermath of the apocalypse. I don't see what you have. A fucking easy boy, the fucking lounger there. But it's be- it's become like a business too. Like guys, like real estate guys are now like making money selling doomsday bunkers and shit. And well, like, and I guy- mean, that, th- that actually used to happen back in the 1950s when we were afraid of the Russian. F- uh, Russians. Fear will always play into it. But the weird thing is, why is it the more you get, the more fearful you get? Like, well, what is the purpose of this money if it just adds massive amounts of fear to your life? And now they have this hoard, right, that they're protecting from the end of the world. Now they have to protect the hoard until so they can make it to the end of the world. And on Alex's... What hoard? They, these people have hordes of fucking food and guns and water and fucking just supplies. But inedible fucking food, shitty food. No, you don't want to eat that food. The only way you would want to eat that food is if a nuke went off. Yeah, and they're hoping a nuke goes off, or there's a super volcano, or the fucking country rips in half from a fucking earthquake on some fault in the middle of the fucking place. I don't understand why their future is so dark that they don't think that we can build a better future. It's so cynical. It seems to be downright un-American where we are right now. This used to be an optimistic country. When did we become so cynical so dark and i think a big point of it comes back to it just me it just what affects me that's what i'm going to fight for and that's what i'm going to believe in and fuck everybody else and what they believe um let's go over to eric you're on the run of face show Hey, Ron, man, you're talking about the future, and, and that's, that's a great perspective, but I believe a lot of why people and gun enthusiasts are, are worried is because they're thinking about the past. They're thinking about history. And if you go back and, and, uh, and look at what uh, Hitler did to Poland, uh, you see a lot of the same steps. It's kind of creepy. You do where, where, not. Um, no, no, just, just, just hear me out. I know it seems silly. But uh, the first step that they did was they... They went in and, and made sure everybody who owned a gun registered. They invaded Poland. No, no, that, that's a common that's a common misconception. They, they didn't Poland, invade Poland. Poland. No, they no Poland actually welcomed Hitler 
Poland's uh, economy was so bad that they but, had to But we're not in, in that situation where we have another government coming in here. If you told me that the Chinese government was going to come in and start to regulate the U.S., I would be nervous. But well, the, this the, is the, the Americans. A, doesn't the Chinese government own a large portion of the United States? No. Now? I mean, <laughs> they do not have today. anything to do with our day-to-day dealings. It's not going to happen. We're going to have smaller armies, not bigger. You want to worry about something, worry about the fucking machines. Because if you look around to see what's... Nah, um, nah, you're being silly, dude. No, I'm I, not I, I fucking do. being silly. The most things that have been killed in the in this uh, year what? in Pakistan has been from drones. Not from some freestanding... Uh, that's what I'm first right now is to have a drone in the air and have a guy on, a, on the ground fucking controlling it. The last thing you want to do in society today and this and uh, the technology that we have is look backwards to Hitler. And if you're worried about the government, they have fucking nukes. And first of all, by the way, the government's already owned your balls. The fuck do they need? Uh, if the government was so strong, why does Romney have to run around for five years flipping pancakes, spending a billion dollars, and then he still can't get elected? And he actually has to sit there and hold just about everybody's kid in New Hampshire. And those people are going, now what am I supposed to do with this picture? I got fucking, I got 17 pictures of Romney at our house. He's a loser. And he didn't even get in. Oh, God. I will tell you this, and it's the reason why I would have nothing to do with fixing these problems, is because it's too damn frustrating. It's too frustrating when you hear people bring up, doesn't it scare you how much this sounds like Hitler? You know what? I, I will tell you this. You will hear the name Hitler He's... more than anything else in this country. Why don't you ever walk around and go, hey, doesn't this remind you of Gandhi? Doesn't this remind you of Martin Luther King? No one ever brings up that. You might no be... one ever says anything like, hey, am I crazy? Does this remind you of John Lennon? You know, like really super creative and a young man. Brilliant. No, we focus on Hitler. We focus on Charlie Manson for some reason. Hitler's more popular than he was in the 40s. He has to be mentioned more at this point. He's mentioned constantly by both sides. Everyone's both Hitler. sides think the other side are Nazis. Is everyone's Hitler taken on the internet? It's like spy versus spy, but it's Nazis versus Nazis. <laughs> That's how this country sees itself. Uh, Jim, Jim, you're on the run for the show. Bama. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Isn't it alarming the lack of honesty in this whole thing? I mean, if you look at the anti-gun lobby, the gun lobby, the media, the mental health folks, the video game makers, politicians in Obamacare, everybody's in duck and cover. Nobody's taking any credit for anything. Everybody's pointing a finger at somebody else. And all we're doing is going round and round. We'll never get this thing fixed. There's too many people involved. Um, and no matter what you do, you take away somebody else's rights. If you fix something over here, if you, if you print a list of people with schizophrenia, you violate their rights. If you take away their guns, you violate their rights. We're stuck. It is. We are stuck because everybody wants everyone else to change. No one wants to be the shining example of how to live, how to be that accepting person. They all demand acceptance, but they're not accepting of other people. 
They demand hard work and responsibility from other people. But you're not, do you ever walk around and go, you know what? I just met a really responsible bottom line guy. I've just, I, you'll never hear, a, I work with a guy that makes me want to fucking be better every day. You ever hear that from anyone? No, you hear about Hitler. Um, here's Jeff in West Virginia. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron, I wanted to touch on the, uh, health, the health part of it a little bit. Uh, obviously, I don't have the answers, but I went to, first time ever, to a counselor just to try to get some uh, insight into how to make my life better. Talked to the guy for about half an hour, 45 minutes, and he said, okay, come back next week, and we'll give you your, your pills, your bipolar. And, you know, I, I told him, no, I didn't want the pills. I wanted to just work work through a couple things and, and kind of have an end game. But the point is, he said most people just come in for the pills. So, you know, maybe the provider, the doctor, maybe they're a little bit to, to blame, too. Maybe they need to be a little bit more responsible also. Well, you know, most of these guys weren't trained from the beginning to understand this, but the thought that somehow we think we can regulate brain chemistry. I mean, talk about playing God. Every single brain is different. And listen to him ramble on. He has no, no idea. Fucking pills. <laughs> like, it's chemistry. And you're fucking throwing pills that are but one we don't composition. Know. You, don't, you have no idea that every single brain is different. Every single brain is different. Then why are there clones <laughs> you're everywhere? Of snowflakes. Then why are there fucking clones everywhere? Right, so right when there? I bring in two fucking twins, they're going to have the same brains. They're going to have different brain chemistry. Well, the, with the doctors oh, I've seen, uh, why? What's why? 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 I, I'm just thinking how crazy you talking, and I work with you. <laughs> I'm fucking making a lot of sense here. You know what? I'm gonna get a gun and just gonna aim it at you during the show <laughs> because I'm gonna have to use it one day. Hey, <laughs> I'm fucking focused. I'm on point. I'll tell you this, the more we open the phones, the more this stuff comes out, the more you're better off just fucking acting like Alex Jones and just going out in a fucking hail of bullets. Well, Did you see his other retarded thing where he's like, he acted like he was in New York in 1975? After the fucking, um, after the Pierce Morgan interview, he's in his hotel room with the fucking, with the everything drawn in the dark. Bloomberg's nothing but, uh... But mafia, Bloomberg's mafia's out there. And sometimes the thing about him is he sounds like Tommy Z to me. Just fucking making shit up as he goes along. <laughs> He's talking about how the fucking uh, Bloomberg's undercover cops are, uh, are surrounding him at all times looking to light him up. To fucking, <sighs> or make it look like it was a fucking crackhead uh, killing or something. It, it's batshit. The guy's a fucking asshole. He's so crazy. We're all crazy, though. I think Slade was right. Mama, we're all crazy now. We're out of our minds. Um, here's John. John in Indiana. You're on my face. Hey, guys. Um, I've always wondered this, and I thought about it when you made a comment earlier in the show, Ron. It just seems like it would it would make sense if we could approach this comprehensively either from... Uh, 
we have the NRA, we have psychologists, we have doctors, we have government, we have a lot of different sort of representatives that could be weighing in on this, but maybe make some kind of a task force where we actually sit down, and instead of lobbing these these grenades back and forth into each other's camp, actually sit down with the people that make the guns and the people that regulate medicine and the people that regulate policy and even, even uh, the private sector and actually try to have a real problem-solving thing, just like you do in a company when you have... I'm the company here but in Indiana. Here, here's where our paranoia is. Immediately, people would be suspect of this. Alex Jones was calling the other uh, Glenn, whatever his name is. Beck, Glenn Beck. Yeah, he calls Glenn Beck a mouthpiece for the left. He thinks that every time that Glenn Beck doesn't act crazy, it's because Glenn Beck is doing stuff out. When you get into this kind of paranoia, when it's so deep that you're blaming the, the government for the towers... Where people right. are listening to you and you act like Bloomberg gives a shit who goes on CNN that night and he's having his mafia police follow people around. Yeah. And somehow the streets of New York are so frightening. Yeah, well. <clears throat> the paranoia is intense. He has it's to, it's it's Bloomberg is a real interest in shutting down Alex Jones. Uh, well, and here's the problem, too. Whenever we, I, I look at this with, with our own people, our own teams here where I'm at, but, like, when we say, here's the excuse, here's the reason, no one does anything about it. it it's, it's the most crazy way to approach a problem, just to sit there and take a stance and not be able to have a conversation or even get five people in a room together or ten or a hundred and, and try to come up with a rational process, a process to dialogue and debate this and really figure out what to do. Uh, all right, my friend. All right, thanks. Um, here's Adam. You're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, Ron, sometimes when these situations happen, everybody, you know, wants to just check a box, this is what it is, and let it go. Nobody's willing to accept the fact that maybe this was like a crazy storm, that all these different situations happened, and it just so happened to come at the perfect time where obviously the kid had mental issues. His mom obviously had issues. He had the guns. Nobody was there to take care. I mean, like, nobody's willing to accept it. Maybe just shit happened, and all these things came to at one point and, and exploded, and the, and the kid went crazy. Nobody's well, willing. well, here's the thing. Shit is going to keep happening every couple months, where now, of course, talk to anyone who's been to a movie theater, and they will tell you some story as if it's unique about when someone came in and they thought it was a shooter. Uh, and now we have to worry as we send our kids in elementary school that they're going to be coming home in a body bag. I mean, at what if we start to accept this stuff that there is nothing we can do about it? That would seem like mental illness to me. I realize it's going to take some work, and the only people really speaking out about it one way or another are the hardcore people in that area. Uh, I think you're insane if you're in gun control and you don't admit the fact that with all the guns out there, you think there would be a lot more shootings. And with all the video games out there, you think there would be a lot more shootings if these were the causes. With all the mental illness out there, you think there would even be more shootings. We should at least admit that from the beginning. But say... We want to get as close to zero as possible. We want you to have your rights and fucking feel safe sending your kids to school. I don't think that's too much to ask for. I think that's doable 
if we stop being fucking crazy. Well, the last guy just talked about, hey, storms just happen. But it doesn't mean that, like, in New Orleans, we don't build levees to try to help prevent storm damage. But the, you know, you bring up a thing of, dude, we live on the coast. The smart thing would probably be not to live on the coast. If you really cared about storms, you'd probably take most of the people off the coast. We didn't used to live the way that we're living now. There would only be small amounts of people living on the Jersey Shore. Now the East, Eastern Shore is fucking packed with people. Hell yeah. It's, um... It's not... It, 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 it has to be done, and it's not going to come easy. And it certainly isn't going to be with the same talking heads that we've had every single time. James, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. Uh, as far as these doomsdayers go and things like that, I don't think that we're going to have any kind of a doomsday coming or a zombie apocalypse or whatever, but I have been home in Illinois where we've had um, snowstorms that have taken power out for an entire week and had people try to come up and take my generator, take my gas, take my food, even though I had... 15 people in my house that didn't have heat so everybody could be warm. And that was one of the reasons why, why I keep what I keep and, and carry what I, you know, and carry what I carry. Did you shoot a guy over a generator? No, no, I didn't, wouldn't shoot him over a generator, but we've had old people in our house that needed the power. I understand for, that, but are you going to shoot somebody over your generator? I mean, is that where we are in this country? Gonna You're going to, in your way of living, of this discomfort versus the thing you're willing to say. And most of us would agree with you. So I'm just saying, this is where we are when we're going to correct the violence. I'll shoot somebody over that generator. I'd rather take out a fucking life than give up the generator. Uh, again, you take yourself back to, this is supposedly a Christian nation. It would be a really interesting concept in church. To hear Jesus killed somebody over something. And we're supposedly getting the Bible back in school. You know, people want that all the time. They were trying to take his wineskin. Um, this is that thing oh. that you do now. I'll stop. No, I, I like it because now that you've entered puberty, you're going to, you know... <laughs> You're, you're coughing, you're burping like a fucking human sound effects machine over it's just, there. It's just a cough. The fucking nose jets are going, the mouth breathing. I'm going to the doctor today. It's, it's like go. doing a show with a St. Bernard. Look. Like a drunk St. Bernard. Well, didn't they carry that liquor around their neck? Do you, do you see that I'm off topic now? Okay. Let's stop. Um... I'm going to take one more call, and i got to go to break. It's been two straight hours. You know, I start this off with a hot chick, and everything's been downhill since. Uh, here's uh, Sean in Chicago. You're on Run Fez. Hey, Ryan B. Uh, you made an incredibly good point just a little bit ago, and I don't think people really understood the importance of it. You said that, uh, you know, watch out for the machines, watch out for the drones. And that's actually an incredible point in that, you know, we don't see 
real-time war coverage on the television. We don't, we don't have people actually going into combat and facing off against their enemy face-to-face and having to do, you know, hand-to-hand combat anymore. And you don't see any of the body bags coming back from the war. Mm. So we have an incredible disconnect of the general public from the horror of war. And it makes it a lot easier for our politicians to say, you know, we're going into battle and people agree and go along with it because they don't recognize how horrible these acts actually are. You know, we look at uh, what happened after 9-11. You, you have, you know, Afghanistan. And to most Americans, the Middle East is just a, a group of countries with brown people. And it was really easy for the Bush administration to say, we're already in the Middle East, we're just going to hop, skip, and jump right over to Iraq because we're still just killing brown people. And it it was very much a 1984 situation where, you know, the general public not being as educated as they could be and not seeing all the information blindly went along and said, yeah, okay, go go do that. Let me tell you something. I was doing talk radio at the time. Not only... Did people back up President Bush for going into Iraq, but they were furious that it didn't happen sooner. They wanted it to happen immediately. There was very little thinking that went on from the American public. Now, does everybody stand back and, and blame Bush and Cheney after the fact? Yes. Do you see people blaming themselves or taking responsibility, or figuring out what can I do now? No, because we don't do that. It's somebody else's fault every time. And to sit around and tell people in this country, stop being paranoid and stop using violence when Barack Obama is sending drones every day into Pakistan. Check right now, Hicks, the number of people that have been killed by drones in Pakistan since the beginning of the year. And this is somebody that we've never declared war on. Um, somebody that's supposedly an ally with us. Well, and, and on top of that, you know, the, the drone operators are sitting in North Dakota. Right. They're halfway around the world. War Playing a, a video game. Package. you got to put a bayonet into someone's gut. All right. Thank you for the call. Uh, 2,500 people. That's an insane number. That didn't happen. Not since the beginning of the year. 38 people since the first week of 2013 have been killed by drones. It's like six a day. Um, <clears throat> six people. And the guy's going, now you're being crazy talking about machines. It's six a day in Pakistan. And check around. Did we ever know we were in We had a Pakistan war? We've got people all over the fucking globe. You know what? I'm going to start and agree with Alex Jones that don't. the New World Order is on Don't, its please way. don't. There's, the fuck on, there's no one to cover. You got Bloomberg and his Nazi jackboot. He's trying to he's take Jewish. over. How could he be a Nazi? Exactly. What? The Nazis were Jews. That's what they don't want to tell you. The Jew Nazis out there trying to push things around. Not in my house! I think you're wrong on that one, Alex. Um, I wonder if he ever just comes down for a minute, like was watching Seinfeld, laughing along, or you just think he's yelling no. shit out. No, there's constantly. Every commercial comes up. <laughs> Everything's a fucking uh, conspiracy. The Bilderbergs are behind all of it. The Bilderberg group. Apparently it's a conspiracy. Rich people hang out together. Why would the Bilderberg people fucking go out of their way to try to run things? Bilderberg. Bilderberg. Berg. 
right, I just got a text to me. It came from Rod Cross. Yeah. And he said, could you please change the subject because I found out they're going to kill you. Oh, Jesus, no. And I wrote back, who was they? And he said, the Build-A-Bear people. And we've got that, and then we've got that American Doll Company right in the same neighborhood. <laughs> and if you think they're not involved in with each other, you're out of your goddamn mind. Those Build-A-Bear people plan on building a bear all over. Well, they ain't building one in my house. I'm going to go 1776 all over again. Texas. It's a toy. Texas. Yeah, I know. You're from Texas. The Build-A-Bears all have an implant. A cock pump or something? Oh, we got a break here. We'll be back. Ron and Fez Show. You're listening to the Ron and Fez Show. More Ron and Fez coming up. It's the Rana Fez Show on a Wednesday. Tomorrow is Oscar nominations. Paulo will be on with us uh, immediately tomorrow. And then uh, hopefully we'll have a few more guests in tomorrow as well. Um, it is the Rana Fez Show. I haven't heard much from Fez Watley today. Uh, you been around, Fez? Yes, I've been here, yes. What have you been doing? Well, uh, I've been here in the studio on the show and jumping in some on the gun control. Oh, I'm nailing it, huh? So, not not a whole lot. So, there's uh, Kate Upton in the news who tweeted after the Notre Dame game, it's okay, Notre Dame, this happened to the Jets every week. Hmm. Taking a shot at her ex-boyfriend, Mark Sanchez. I didn't know that was her ex-boyfriend. <clears throat> yeah, they dated. How long? Uh, shortly after she blew up, she was spied leaving his apartment building a num- numerous times. So it wasn't a date. She went they, over. They were, fu- they were fucking right. each other. They were together for Valentine's Day. You know, know a lot that. about them, I, I didn't know that. So, yeah, I think that came up on an Ellen episode. But I feel... I I missed that one. But I can't believe I missed one Ellen episode, and it's the most important one ever. Yeah, miss me crazy. But I feel bad that this is someone that she dated, that she had feelings for at least for some amount of time, and she goes and does this. I'm a little disappointed in you, Miss Upton. What? Whatever. Sanchez is a dick, obviously. Yeah, you don't know anything about the way they broke up. No, but even if I broke up nasty with someone, maybe this is just me projecting myself in a relationship, 
But if I broke up with someone, I wouldn't want to say anything nasty about them, especially on Twitter. What happened when you broke up with Mikey D? You were mean to him. I never broke up with him. That was a public fight that he started. That was a breakup. You stopped being friends. Yeah, but it's it was that's a kind of a breakup when two friends stop being you know friendly. That's a relationship ending. Yeah, but I would. You hate- might not be as good as breakups as you think. See, I don't consider that a breakup. This is just mean. I if I was. What about to- other people's girlfriends? When they break up with them, you've said some mean things. Duh. Yeah, but that's not, I wasn't in the relationship. But that is still a friendship is a relationship. What was it that you said about Eastside Dave's ex-girlfriend? Oh, she chewed like a chimpanzee or something? Squirrel, I think a squirrel. Was it a squirrel? (laughs) I know it was a type of animal. And you had a friendship with her. A deep, and I thought was going to be a long-lasting friendship. That just didn't work out. That's what we're saying with Kate Upton. <laughs> First of all, no, I wouldn't even have made the connection. A, I don't follow her Twitter. And then B, I didn't even know that she was with Sanchez. I Makes remember. me more of a Sanchez fan than I've ever been. I was very surprised that happened since Sanchez is a loser. At least you know his team's a loser and he's not the best quarterback. What's she doing with him? But, you know, but here's the thing. She's just saying it as somebody who follows the Jets. I mean, everybody has said the Jets blow this year. And they do. Yeah, so I wouldn't need someone that I had real feelings for pile on. Now you're back in... How do you become these other people? Now you're Sanchez. For a little while you were Upton, and now you've moved over and you're Sanchez. Yeah, if I was Mark Sanchez, I would actually... I would be hurt more by Kate Upton saying this than if Joe Namath said it. Why? He was... uh... He actually is part of the Jets organization. That'd look really bad. I know, it really comes off awful. <laughs> I mean, he's getting paid by him. He fucking starts fucking going out. On and then even Sanchez's coach said, I'm about to change the number on my tattoo if he doesn't start and play better. Ugh. That happened yesterday. But yeah. we're bringing up that Kate Upton tweeted something. What was her exact tweet? It's okay, Notre Dame. This happens to the Jets every week. That's what Kate Upton That's said. kind of, you know. It's kind of a throwaway. It's a shot right at poor Mark Sanchez. Mm. Poor Mark Sanchez. He got fucking like fucking $10 million to be a bum. Yeah, I know. Everybody should fail like that. That's <laughs> one of the great failures of all time. He's getting another guaranteed like nine or some <laughs> shit next season. Because he's going to be riding the fucking bench. McElroy's going to be running that show. I doubt it. McElroy all the way. I think if it's worse if she comes out and says something bad about his penis. <laughs> like seriously, I didn't even know what was in. And I'm always like, well, why did you keep fucking the dude? You think his he arm was so is bad. terrible? Oh, by the way, every time he came, he farted. It was disgusting. Awful! I can't. Oh, such a terrible fuck. <laughs> um, hey Tom, you're on the Run Fed show. Hey guys, uh, how does Fezzy have any idea how we feel if he's never even been in a relationship? I'm saying if I was in a relationship, this is how I would feel. I would feel awful if I had dated someone for a while, spent Valentine's together, they were, he was intimate with me at my home several times, and then went on Twitter and bashed me. Maybe, maybe Especially while first? talking about something completely different. Maybe try it first? 
I don't. We really I'm... need to mark this down for after Fez's first actual breakup. Oh yeah, I'm sure that it'll. It's gonna fly. This shit. It's just like he's an asshole. He right. fucking. He fucked me over. It's maybe like, he. Maybe what she should have said is, every time that guy would fucking push, push, come, and then roll over, go to sleep, and wake up crying to himself, saying Tebow's coming. He has a fucking tattoo of Tebow. Sanchez should have wrote back to her. At least I fucked you. Tebow wouldn't do it. He just sat in the corner and watched us. Oh, crying to himself. He wouldn't even jack off watching. But he was moving back and forth like a little bit, like he was trying to grind his balls on a on a chair. God like, won't think this is bad, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's almost hard. Fez Watley taking a stand on love. Love doctor. Fez Watley. The hopefully potential somewhere in the future. Finally get it in or Yes, some, one day I do want love. Something inside of you. Okay. And not for that lover. To go and mock me out on Twitter for the world to see. Oh, you should have mentioned that seven other times. Hey, this one says, hey, Ron, give Hicks a break. He's drunk and coming down off a high. I do want to just say something to you. Yeah. I apologize if I hurt your feelings at all for anything that I said earlier. It's just that it was a very complicated... You know, I, I was being crass during a fucking serious conversation. And I apologize to you. You ready to hug it out, bitch? Seriously. <laughs> Do we even need to say this? We just hug it out. Okay? All right. Yeah, and plus, you know, I'm sick. I'm not thinking straight. I haven't slept. No, you haven't. I feel like my head's just going to fucking cave in from pressure. I've had my own uh, problem because my sister gave me some kind of um, shampoo and conditioner. And it's got tea tree in it. And I never use such things. And uh, it felt to me like it burned this morning, and now I keep smelling my own hair on my head. <laughs> I can actually, I feel like my head smells to me. Smells good? It smells like it's just bubbling up with uh, tea treesness. Because nice. I, I, you know what? You got back into the show, and I fucked with you. Let's get back into your head. Okay. It's uh, Sony is introducing a right. uh, phone, an underwater phone. One that if you drop it in the water... Oh, I thought that when you went scuba diving, you could make a call. This is great. Where are you at? <laughs> so it's one that's not going to get ruined, finally, right. if it ends up in the, in the ocean or the pool. Okay. All right. I'd like to get one of those. Super fucking useful. Yeah, but the dropped in the toilet, I still wouldn't use it, even if it worked. Where did it come from? All it's saying is waterproof. Yes, but phones do go in toilets. Mine never has. I never. I spilled Pepsi once. Oh, but, but then I'm not jacking off over a toilet looking at my porn. Looking at my Russian porn. <laughs> I don't think Vez's phone could get fucking Russian porn on it. But uh, is, it might be waterproof, but is it piss and shit proof? That's the question. Well, I don't know. It's like I got a mint on my head. <laughs> I'm just pointing that out. That's pretty cool. I'm just like a little paranoid that people are going to be like, did someone showing a mint in here? Then they're going to ask for one. Like, can I get yeah. a mint? And like when I was uh, coming in today, like Kid Kelly and a bunch of people I know were all getting in the elevator. And I'm like, no, I'll take the next one. 
Because I did not want them to start complaining of the mint smell in the elevator. You guys smell that mint? Don't you like? Don't you like Guys, top how 40? long have you have, have you uh, had your fun? Uh, this is. Why don't you take it five... out to look at? Just tell me. <laughs> about if a I six or question, seven year old. If I had a question about your balls, would you pull them out and take a long gander? Yeah, they Let's are wrinkled. You might have to study them. <laughs> Let's see. This one. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to make you get a new phone. I'm going to throw that one down the toilet. Good. Why don't you get a BlackBerry at least? Crackberry. Yeah, exactly. You can't get off the goddamn thing. This works fine. I can hear people on this. I know, Grandma. You can answer emails and shit you got, when you're on the go. It'd be very useful. Um, here's Bob in Indiana. You're on the Fed show. Uh, Casio's had an underwater phone for like the past five years. I've had two of them. One's a smartphone. One was like a flip phone, like indestructible deal. Is oh, Sony's just kind of ripping them off. Yeah, Fez is just reading. He's not really that tied into this. He's just reading the stick stuff today. Fez Watley on the stick. Well, there's a lot of people that use the phones in the bathrooms here. You hear them constantly. I play Temple Run when I'm shitting. It's great. It's true. Well, it's it's going to be something to do if there's no newspaper. That's fine. It but- also looks terrible when you're carrying a newspaper into the fucking toilet. <laughs> You're walking past women with, you got like you're just walking down the hall. I'm gonna be a while <laughs> with the New York Post. Yeah. Hey, how are you, ladies? Enjoying? Sometimes people just leave papers in there. It's it's fucking useful. I've done it. I've I've paid it forward. That's very nice when you walk in and find some shitty pissing newspaper on the yeah. floor. Hell yeah. Hold on, Fez is online. Who you calling, Fez? Oh, no one. Just answering emails. See, if you had a BlackBerry, you'd be able to answer them on your phone. Who are you answering online? I wasn't answering anyone. I was just kind of clicking around the iBank. <laughs> cool. Well, don't click any of the not safe for works. Because you're at work now. <laughs> and Cross will fucking come down here and bust your ass. This is why I couldn't be a fucking school teacher. I look over while we're on the show and I just... Hmm. What's, what's you reading over there? Nothing, just looking at the lines for next week. Well, what kind of action are you taking? I don't know. After last night, after last week's Bartha bath. That was just so fucked, man. I know. I'm, I'm thinking about inviting him back on Friday. <laughs> All right, this is what I think. I th- we ought to invite him back in here and just have plastic on the floor. So when he walks in, he thinks it's going to be a good fella's whack. I think that uh, he will go two for four this weekend. So we'll have to fucking... Go opposite on two bets, but I'm not. I don't know which two bets they are. Yeah, he's due. I mean, you just can't be that lousy as going over five. Yeah. Fez Watley on the stick. Uh, already tightening up over there, dude. Yeah. Do you like the first hour better when you're watching? Don't well, like to be in so much. Well, not that I don't like being in. It's just that, uh, yeah, the tightening is happening. Weird. How about you? You all freaked out and locked I'm, up, Chris? I'm good to go. I mean, I have, my brain feels weird from all the fucking sickness inside of it. But other than that, I'm okay. Broncos are minus 10 now. This, this is getting out of hand. I don't know if you could take that. How can you not take the 10 points, you mean? I, no, I don't think the Ravens will do that badly. I think, yeah. Give me the Ravens in that. Oh, boy. Yeah. Jinx is already Yeah, starting. the Jinx is <laughs> <laughs> Patriots are fucking nine and a half. 
Well, what about you? You tighten up? You got something you want to talk about? I'm fucking cool as a cucumber. You're doing a tighten up. We're tightening up now. We're doing a tighten up. Or chill. My brain's starting to tighten up. If you remember some RG3 <coughs> news from a couple, from about a month and a half ago. Please, with the RG3. The Every day. ESPN dude, Rob Parker, called him a, is he, he asked, is he a brother or a cornball brother? That blew up. He got suspended for 30 days. Supposed Rob to, Parker ain't afraid of no ghost. No. He uh, got suspended for 30 days. He's about, I think he was com coming back to work today. ESPN shook hands him. Tweets out, Rob Parker's contract expired at year end. Evaluating our needs and his work, including his, recent, his recent RG3 comments, we decide not to renew. It sucks for Rob Parker. Uh, I think ESPN, they, they, they could have they kept him on. They have enough fucking guys on there that do nothing. And are I will say this. I had never heard of the guy before this thing happened. I guess they don't want any controversy for themselves. You know, they just... Uh, they felt like they were on the bad side of something. Whatever. They, they, They're a bad side of politically correct. So they had just more fucking jerk-offs on sports there trying to be funny? Trying to fucking create a, a catchphrase? It's all terrible. At least fucking Parker said something somewhat interesting. Supposed to skip Bayless fucking sucking off the goddamn Denver Broncos all day long. Like a fucking Denver prostitute. Jesus Christ. Um, what did he do? Skip Bayless is a giant hard on for the fucking Broncos. It's fucking insane. He's going I don't know how you could sit around and listen to Skip Bayless. I, it's the, we sh he's the one who should be fired. He's the one that sucks terribly. But how do you watch that show even to begin with? <sighs> I end up fucking watching it. Or I end up reading things he's fucking said. Or reading articles of his. It's Pete, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, how's it going? First of all, before I say anything, let me just uh, stop a sickly centaur. By saying, uh, I don't listen to the entire show all day, I'm sorry. So if you've brought this up, I apologize. But uh, Google has kind of ripped off search, search, hurry up, and search. They've got this new game or this new app called Google Trivia, where they give you all these really archaic uh, trivia questions, and then the Google search bar below it, they time you to see how quick you can answer. It's kind of neat, but it made me think of you guys. Well, I'm just glad somebody's using it, you know? <laughs> all right, love you guys. Bye. Thank you, my friend. Somebody, you know, just as long as it's out there. Mm. I don't care who's doing it. Google trivia, what the fuck? Uh, you were telling me, Hicks, about the 1% of restaurant guide, <laughs> and there's a new $2,000 pasta. Yeah, in uh, Midtown, actually, right in our neighborhood, a uh, place called uh, Berchi. Berchi! Two grand. <laughs> Two grand for a uh, pile of pasta with like I don't know a couple pounds of lobster thrown in and some like black truffle. Truffles is what costs the money, not the fucking lobster. No, actually, truffles are expensive, but not that expensive. They put it on a limited edition Versace plate. What kind of plate? Just it's like a hundred or fifty of them made specifically for this restaurant, and that's what fucking puts it over. Well. What is, how expensive, what's the plate made out of? Fucking platinum? I don't know. I guess because Versace designed it. 
I mean, what, all you're doing is buying a very expensive plate and getting some pasta on it. It's awful. It's these fucking gimmicks are terrible. Why is it awful? Who wants just Versace? don't fucking? Here's the problem. <laughs> Somebody does. This is because it's you so, don't. I think it's booked up to fucking for yeah, the two thousand. Just because there. you don't want it doesn't mean somebody doesn't see this as a collectible plate. I, I'm gonna go over there with seven friends and leave with a set. <laughs> Six is too few, but ten is too many. I never got the idea of like fine china. Like of, of people have like their china set of their nice fucking plates. Dude, you eat out of styrofoam. What yeah. the fuck do you know about anything? You, one day he goes to me, he goes, I went to this restaurant the other day, they had metal forks. I go, forks are supposed to be metal. He goes, they're not no. plastic? No, it's it's usually a, a plastic fork what time or are you, what? spork hybrid. <laughs> I've never even seen you use a plate. <laughs> Fucking eat off your balls all day. You just hate washing dishes, Chris. That blows too. Don't like it. I don't know anyone who loves it. You know what I like? Washing dishes. Great. I don't have a washing machine. I mean, a fucking dishwasher. So why the fuck, you know, whatever. You don't have anything. No, I don't have much in there in that apartment, mine. And yet, you sit in your, in your house with a fucking semi-automatic on patrol all night. <laughs> hey, not listen, getting any sleep. No one's taking my fucking shit. No one's taking my Fresno. Exactly. Protect the Fresno. Fucking government coming in here for taking away my rights. Government. Listen, I'm going to fucking listen to Alex Jones, <laughs> smoke this weed, and fucking... I don't know why that you're so offended by somebody who just is selling something that you wouldn't buy, which is true of most stores out there. They sell things that you wouldn't. Like, I don't start screaming about a, a fucking blender, although I don't want to have one. I don't yell at the people who want one. I hear those Vitamixes are very <coughs> good. Never worth it. I don't want to do the full clean after I use the blender. It it's a, a fruit, mess. you know. It's a juicer. Great, and then why am I fucking spending seven hours cleaning up pulp? But you I don't also, mind. I'll go buy a fucking juice down at the store. Also make soups. You blend up some soups for yourself. There Disgusting. Was a, there was a restaurant a while back, and their gimmick was they were going to serve meals on the Saddam Hussein China. That they the royal bath China that they had gotten from Saddam's compound. I never heard about this. What? And that How sounds awful. How would a restaurant awful. get their hands on that? Where was this restaurant at? I think it was in New York. Look it up. I'm, I'm, I'm looking into this. <laughs> I don't. I never heard this story. How'd they get it back here? All right. All right. Um. He would have had some expensive china, probably. You know, when you get rich, you got to keep spending money. You don't know what they get next. Apparently, a restaurant did have his fucking china from his shit. Park Avenue Autumn Restaurant. Oh, I've eaten there. They change with every season. It is gold-plated, but they had to send it back because someone found out about it. Oh, so this wasn't like a gimmick. It was they actually had some cheap china that they had. <laughs> I thought, yeah, the, the way I remembered it was I thought they were like come eat off of the Sodom regime china. They were smuggled into. Hussein. They were smuggled into America, and they were sold on eBay. The fucking plates. Huh? No, no, I had no idea. Matt, you're on the Run of Fez show. It's like zero dark thirty and shit. Hey, um, I just uh, I've been tuned out for like a year and a half because um, I didn't have a radio, and I come back and I hear uh, Pepper Hicks laughing exactly like Eastside Dave. What's up with that? I well, don't, I do the impression you. so I understand it. 
No, I mean, Eastside Dave has a very distinctive laugh, and Pepper Hicks has apparently picked up on that and copied it 100% in the last like, year. He's a fucking poor man's Eastside Dave. I'm just a poor man. I'm no one else. Okay, so this is not something that like is a secret. I have no idea. Wow. Okay, well, I, I, just, I just wanted to point that out. Thank you. Well, they do a show together. They do a sports show together. That's right. Maybe you started copying his laugh. I don't think I copied his laugh. I feel know, like I've always laughed it, like this. It happens. I don't know what to tell you. TV yep. Sports Program, Riotcast.com. New episode's going up tonight. What's tonight's episode going to be about? I'm going to guess the Jets. Why? Oh, and RG3. And basketball. That's off the top of my head. <laughs> and then we're on live Saturday, 7 p.m. on this channel. All right, Fez, you found your ground again? Um, sure. You ready to take that stick? Uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, the feud that started, the fight that started, and the argument between Carmelo Anthony and Kevin Garnett, the Monday night when the Knicks were playing the Celtics. What's being reported is that it started when Carmelo Anthony uh, got asked by Kevin, uh, got told by Kevin Garnett, "You're Who? Uh, Kevin Garnett told oh, Garnett, Carme yeah, told Carmelo Anthony, your wife tastes like Honey Nut Cheerios. Mmm, <clears throat> delicious. That's pretty tasty." Which is really bizarre trash talking because you would think you would go for a little bit more insulting cereal if you were going to take that angle. But maybe she literally does. Maybe he, he heard something from somebody. Like maybe that was like the inside thing that isn't regular trash talk, but just something like, oh, yeah, I know her. I guess there could be rumors about her. I think she's on MTV or VH1. Lala Vasquez. I don't know. But if, but if you really wanted to hurt, hurt his feelings, say something like uh, uh, shredded wheat. Good one. That would have been really nasty. Moose Jackson if you're nasty. I think Carmelo's, all Carmelo would say, he said things uh, that one man should never say to another. Yeah, you shouldn't bring up anyone's loved ones during a basketball game. That's when he went out and waited for the team bus afterwards to try to have more words with him. <clears throat> that was that was all I had. It was good though. That whole thing about the uh, honey nut Cheerios. Did I just look over and see our little intern, or am I looking into the past? Dan. Am I looking straight into the past? Dan, the intern, is here today. What did you say? Am I supposed to make your day, motherfucker? <laughs> Dan, the intern, is here today. I got a lot of phlegm. Don't try to fucking throat. scare me during the show, okay? <laughs> I'm fucking strapped, too. Yeah, Dana's here. You fucking want that or you want this gun? It's up to you, asshole. Gun control. Yes. I'll fucking gun control. Stick it up your ass. Fuck. Pull the trigger until it goes click. We'll send the little one in. I haven't seen her in forever. Come on in, Dana. 
Yeah, I bet during this time, Fez is going to get ready to get back on the stage. We should say you should have some things to talk about every day, you know? Prepare you up for it. We fucking forgot to talk about that yesterday. That's my fault. Hey, guys. Well, well, well. Just want to say thank you for the job offering. <laughs> you're <laughs> Feels back. Feels great you're, being back. You're here with us again? No, no. I heard you guys didn't have any interns, so I offered to come in. Aren't you, uh, you, guys, aren't you doing you know. school yet? Uh, no. I'm on winter break. Well, how long does that last? Uh, like a month. <laughs> no, I'm back like next week. What What's the bag you brought? Uh, you keep so I didn't to? I didn't get you and Fez a gift last time. So my mom made sure I went out and got you guys gifts. She doesn't have to do that. Well, I uh, no, I need I needed to though. It wasn't right. Just you don't have pepper. to be that. No, Pepper was fine. Yes. You gave me a nice card. Did your mama tell you to give me more cigarettes? Oh. <laughs> Thank you, well, Dabba. So nice. Let's order right now. <laughs> I don't know if those are the right ones. These are the right really brand. nice. I'm gonna be smoking that tonight. <laughs> yeah, you know, back to work. And you're money. happy because ho hockey's back. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Did no, you guys didn't talk about it at all? I'm well, sure. <laughs> no. Well, I did bring up that it was back, but I was actually seeing some people going. Yeah, but are all the fans going to return? And I'm like, where else would they go? I mean, there's no other hockey. I don't know, but I'm ecstatic. I'm so happy. Shout out to Blowhard, fellow Rangers fan. Oh. We're back. It's our season. It's a shortened season, but it's our season. But see how crazy you could be the champ if you just went with Jersey Zone. Jersey is the only place that will turn on uh -uh. themselves. I'm not a devil fan, so I don't let You're going to lose the Devils like you lost the Nets. We're not going to. No. It's, it's going to be the Brooklyn Devils. It's going to be a beatdown. That's why a beatdown. It's going to be a beatdown. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, Dave's here. No. Oh, that was no, Pepper's no, fucking me. fake Dave laugh. <laughs> fake I'm Dave sorry. Laugh. I don't know, Seriously, I when I heard the fake Dave laugh, I, I got oh, so please. excited. I'm like, Dave came in. I have a fucking Disgust deep flu. fucking cigar-destroyed voice. Gross. How was flu? your uh, Christmas break away from us? It was awesome. Yeah. It was really great. So where, did you go anywhere? No, I didn't go anywhere. I didn't go to, I didn't go to Florida. My mom's working. I didn't want to go alone. So What happened with you and Kokomo Joe the last time we not talked? Heard. I knew you were going to bring that up. I have not heard from him. <laughs> really? <laughs> not heard from him. I'm a girl. It. They text us first. Come on. I'm not going to. You had it all timed out. Is he, he, is he back yet? I think he was supposed to, yeah, he was supposed to be back like now, like this week. He was, he was, I think, the Hit him up right now. Right. Dial him up. Call him up. While you were gone, Fed started grabbing the stick and has been fucking kicking ass with. He's basically a slap shot. Good. Nice. Nice slap shot. That's awesome. Um, That's his thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm really he's uncomfortable right now. Why? Because he's got, he's got some kind of sickness. I don't want to get sick. Okay. You want <laughs> to talk over. to him? You can move. You can talk to the other room if you need room. to because um, here's some of the signs. It's like a stuffy head. Yeah. Uh, it's raspy. It gets in your lungs, and then you also get a Dave laugh. <laughs> so you start to laugh. But just does like, he cover his mouth when he no, laughs? No, he in pushes. You? That's disgusting. I feel bad. You guys, um, you guys shouldn't the have to deal day, with that. No, he coughed right on my food. <laughs> what? Never that. <laughs> Fucking sever. No. He goes like this. What? What is that? Oh my god. Mm. We're gonna try to get your boyfriend back on the phone okay, here. Okay, awesome. It'll be like. What else me. has been going on with you though? You nothing, just working. And I'm, I'm reading. I'm like in back into my politics. You know, I've you know I didn't I didn't couldn't pay much attention to it because I had class and this and now mm. I'm reading. I read uh, two great books, so I'm you know I'm getting I'm 
have time to dedicate what, towards what it. What kind of books you read? I read Joy of Hate by Greg Gottfeld because I love him. And now I'm reading a Peggy Noonan book, What I Saw All right, the Revolution. So you're not big with the novels, but you do like the right-wing yeah, stuff. All yeah. right, good. All right, that's, that's reading. And you love yeah. the Gutfeld book? You're yeah, just like love, laughing. Love you're like, Greg Gutfeld. I haven't, heard back, I haven't heard back from Fox yet. I'm like getting a little worried. I don't know if I should like apply again. A lot of the <laughs> stuff that you say isn't all that right wing, though. It, it doesn't have to be super right. They'll take a liberal. It doesn't have to. That's not. It's apolitical so you, with their interests. You see yourself as a liberal? No, no. I, I, I'm saying is like my who, whatever I affiliate myself with, whatever party shouldn't affect my chances of getting an internship. And I don't think it does. I don't. I don't know why they haven't contacted me yet. I have two connections there. Who are your connections? Um, one is a patient of my mom's, and that should have worked. That should have definitely worked. It's a patient. Yeah, yeah she's helping that. Yeah, <laughs> or screwing them over. Oh, and that guy's a screwing janitor them over. over there. <laughs> hey, I talked to a janitor, and uh, he said you were great. <laughs> I'm sorry, constro, const, uh, what is custodian? Custodian. 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 I still say janitor. I won't use the other word. No one says custodian. Oh, they don't? No. Now it's facilities. No, it's just janitor. I use janitor. Janitor is the correct name. Because it's an easy word. I didn't know they called it facilities. No. That's what they call it here. Hicks, you were into the most exciting game of darts ever played in history? I don't know shit about darts, but... Too bad. Uh, this is fucking crazy. It was on like ESPN two or something, and the commentators and the entire place goes nuts over this guy. Apparently, makes this what amounts to be an impossible shot twice in a row. What's it, so impossible about it? <coughs> oh my god! Right, he leans into it. He leans into it. Uh, I'll go you just right. coughed I'll, all over that little girl. I'll, I'll go right. I put my hand up. It looks like you tried to make it into like a. <coughs> Let me just fucking concentrate. Go towards it. the wall. Like a blow dart. Yeah, go point your head in the other direction. I don't think I'm <laughs> contagious, so everyone should be okay. You don't know that? No, I don't. Seriously, it's like walking through an AIDS clinic. Oh. It's the biggest flu outbreak, they're saying. Come on, watch Influenza. the news. Influenza. Influenza. Children are Bad dying virus. everywhere. You're not going to die on me, are you? I got my immune system strong as You know fuck. what I'm going to do for you today? Uh, what's that? I'm going to hit a home run for you, okay? You make sure you get better for me, and I'll hit a home run in Yankee Stadium. How's that? Can you hit two? That's a lot of home runs. I mean, a lot of times it's really hard to even hit one home run. So two would be a lot. What about like three? Like, can you hit for the cycle? I know two? I can't. I know I can't do that. I mean, you'll die before I hit for the cycle. Oh. So anyway, Plus. what were you talking about? The greatest game of darts ever played. <laughs> this is the World Championships of darts. Hold on, Dave's here. No, oh, that's you no, again. That's me. Fight <laughs> James Wade, and he will fight. Also, will start believing again. This is the guy, set, the bald dude in the, the neon yellow shirt. Legs. It's actually eleven-five to Michael Van Gerwen. But one more leg for James Wade here. Nice. Nails it. No offense, but I know I've done that before. We we call it baseball, where it's triple, single, double, whatever. Or you go a points thing. Only one set in it. But doesn't that illustrate the point I was making? Wade wins two legs on This bald-headed bastard can fucking... ...in a shot at double 11, and suddenly it awakens him. It awakens the young man. It's awakened him. How many people they got watching darts over there? It's a giant stadium of people just getting drunk watching this. 
And he's pounding beers when he's not his turn. Yeah, well, because it's a bar game. Yeah, you're better when you're drunk. It's impossible to play that game when you're not drinking. Here's my dude. Look at this. People are going fucking nuts. It's on. He's awakening them. Oh, my God. He kills it. Boom. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know, I mean, we talk about some of the greats of sports, but this guy is bypassed everyone I've ever seen. Michael Jordan, forget about him. Jim Brown, no. Showboat Pete Rose, sorry. He's, he's murdering this thing. And everyone in this giant fucking room is going nuts. I had no idea Brent loved darts like this. Oh, yeah. They actually, it's on prime time over there. Wow. They do that and, um, like, Dogs that herd things, like they'll on regular TV, they'll have her, dogs that herd up other animals, and people are just fucking watching. Like, come on, man, don't forget, there's one behind the bush. Go get him, go get him, boy. How much are tickets? <laughs> you can't and, even see anything. Yeah, it's expensive. <laughs> it's pretty expensive to be over there, and then you know, a lot of those seats are corporate, so you're really getting them from large corporations. Now he's about to. Oh my god, this fucking guy. He just fucking blew it though at the end. You suck. <laughs> he doesn't suck the way he did. Yeah, but you know what? You're only as good as your last dart. That's what I believe. <laughs> He's got a nice Ernie McCracken attitude to him for darts. This guy is Ernie McCracken at darts. He just fucking hit 13 in a row or whatever. That's pretty sick. Um, Bruce, you're on the Run and Face show. Yeah, you're being a little tongue-in-cheek about it, Ron, but that's the equivalent of a fucking 300-game in bowling. A nine-darter is hard to fucking do. you got to hit. No, you know what? It is hard because I know my aunt uh, bowled 300. So that's not easy to do. It's not easy to pull off. That's Freddie the old intern said he fucking bowled 300. A lot of people bowled 300. 100. 100? Yeah. Finally, somebody honest around here. <laughs> And even then, if we went out, she'd probably do about 67. That's not true She's like, this never happens to me. Great bowler. Really? Then yeah. why are you bragging about 100? That's, for me, that's really good. Yeah, for you. <laughs> that doesn't make you great. That makes you pretty good. I just go to bowling alleys to drink. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> there's, a cheap, there's, a cheap, there's a cheap bowling alley. It's like fucking $3 beers. For a pitcher, yeah. For a pitcher or a single? This is single, but then like they get a shitload of buybacks. Like almost everything drinks a buyback there. All right, if you were to go out to a bar, right? Yeah. What's the minimum amount of money you would have on you where you thought to yourself, I know I can get as as high as I need to be? Just spending on alcohol, like 80 bucks or something. I mean, just what? on alcohol. What else would there be? I guess it would be. You get pills? Holy <laughs> shit. Hold on, Dave's here. No, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. That laugh is driving me crazy. Come on. And Dana's starting to sound a little bit like Casey. So I feel like I'm over at the Casey? McDonald's. What's that? Who's Casey? That's Dave's uh, wife. What? Yeah. I never met her. Or that no. doesn't mean that she doesn't exist. <laughs> There's plenty of people I'm you saying, haven't met. I don't know what she sounds like. You haven't met anybody over at Fox, but you still want to get in there. <laughs> I will one day. I will one day. Well, this battle detectors. Oh, I did contact the Brooklyn Nets, though. So there's another option. Are you going to be a forward or a guard? <laughs> no, I'm going to be in one of their departments. Maybe public relations. I don't know. Oh, yeah, public relations. <laughs> peanuts! Popcorn! Hey, get your peanuts! Program! <laughs> did you hear the Dodgers are getting a colored guy? Did <laughs> <laughs> you see the Rihanna travel ad in Barbados and it almost looks like there's 
free prostitution there. <laughs> it's, you're like, seriously, how much she cost? <laughs> and if I was like paying for that, I was Barbados. I'm like, I know we got a lot of ass shots, but do we show off that there's a entire country here? Now, what I don't get about the video was no one was trying to sell her cheap shit like fucking beads or cigarettes or fucking weed. <laughs> well, there they should have had somebody come up and try to fucking put a knot in your hair while you sat on the beach <laughs> or rub aloe on your skin. Do they do that? Yeah. Uh, it is the Ron and Fez show. There's little Rihanna. I like it. <laughs> you like anything with her in it. She's got her own day there. She deserves to be in the commercial, and she's in the ocean. Oh. Do you see any hotel or maybe marketplace? <laughs> All you see is this one hot chick on the beach. Oh, there's a bike. There's a bike. <laughs> hey, a paved road. Kind of, babe. Why did they, they look use like this fucking handsome? Because that's how she'd sell them. Shine bright like a diamond. It doesn't even go with the home. They play some dominoes. That's fun. You know what I can't stand about the eye bank sometimes? If you go under this, you'll read racism. Why? It's just the fucking. It's because an people are racist. I'm thinking people are crazy. It's the islands. It's fun to go there. Dead horses. That works. I said, I go, we got to watch what we're doing with the racist stuff. And right after that, Fez put up a... Uh, <laughs> oh, God. He put up a Reverend Al bit oh, about... Uh, Reverend Al didn't want people to play with slave um, dolls. I guess uh, QT put out some slave dolls. Holy shit. Django was awesome, by the way. Did you love it? Holy shit. I loved it. It was... In, oh, my God. It was insane. Loved it. No, did you cheer for the wrong side, though? Like, no. did you cry when Leo died? No. I didn't really. Spoiler alert, Leo died. No! Damn, that I, sucks. Actually, really just about just... everybody with Jamie Foxx. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Don't get too attached to anybody. <laughs> I'm trying to see every movie before the Oscars. Smart idea. Well, tomorrow is the nominations. I know, I'm excited. Emma Stone and uh, Seth MacFarlane are going to uh, announce them, right? No. There you yeah. have it. You know a little yeah. even more than me. That's yeah. exciting. Well, my shit. Now, out there, it's 5.30. So you only either hear the good news or bad news when your agent calls and wakes you up. Hey, Chris. Yeah? You didn't get it again. Oh, come on! <laughs> Thought I made this, your fucking stuff guy. Come on, not for best short. Uh, let's see. Dave made it as director. <laughs> star. No co-writer on that? Uh-uh. No. I'm getting shafted here. You're my agent. This is what you're supposed to be getting my name out there for. I don't know if I'm going to be your agent much longer. Cause <laughs> you're not... Hold on. Did Dave just laugh? Put him no, on with me. No, it's me. I'm the one. Well, who laughed? I did. Chris. Sounds just like Dave. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? This is about my career here. Wait a minute. I think you did get nominated. Oh, oh whoa, whoa. What floor? Oh, no, you didn't. I just Son spilled some bitch. coffee. Typo. I just spilled some coffee. How could, how could you mistake <laughs> coffee for my name? Oh my god. Your last name isn't Coffee Stain. Chris Coffee Stain. <laughs> Stanley. Stanley. <laughs> Stanley. <laughs> Better have that influenza looked at. You have a, you have a fever? I don't know. I'm, I'm sweaty. <sighs> you want to starve your cold and then feed your fever. That's why when you get sick, you should always hope for a fever. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know what I'd like? A sandwich to make me feel better. That'd be delicious. And a bunch of beers. I'm like a diamond, like a black diamond on the beach. I'm a diamond. That guy punched my face. like a diamond. Like a diamond, like a shiner in my eye. And then he kicks me. There, she actually grabbed her cunny. She leaned backwards into the wave and grabbed her cunny. This is what you get <laughs> when you come here. This is what yeah. you get. When you're like, more or less, there's another cunny shot. There's a bike she stole. I'm a diamond. And the bike's even broken. The seat's coming off. All right, that's it's racism. It's kind of racism. racism. It's a fixie bike, man. That's a racism. No, there's people. There's, you know, Love civilization. Is it? Spades. Hey. Spades, a card game. Oh, 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 oh. That's fine then. Yeah. Dave? It's Chris. Okay, then stop laughing like him. Not. So, would you. Here's the thing if you're one of these Oscar people, would you want to be called and woken up even if you didn't get in, or would you rather just sleep in? For where you woke up and go, oh shit! If I thought I had, if I thought I had a serious shot at it, I probably wouldn't even be asleep. I'd be waiting for it. I think I think I'd be just yeah. fucking like jacked up. Like I need to get this Oscar win and fucking show everyone. <laughs> fucking just make them all look like shit. Go up there, run, fucking have Stone Cold's music playing when I go up to the fucking thing. Like, can the orchestra play this? This is what I choose. Fuck now, the would you rather nominate it and not and not, not win? Or not nominated at all. I'll take the nomination, not win, go to the Oscars. To be considered as an honor. If I won and you didn't, I'd go up there and go like this. I had no idea I was that much better than Chris (laughs) Come on! I mean, when I see him sitting there like a bum and I'm up here like a big winner. I'd fucking storm out of that fucking crowd. (laughs) Chris, come back. So what? You didn't win again. Why are you bringing it up? (laughs) This is about you, not me. That's what I'm saying. I won. I mean, you lost. And I know what you're going... Well, I don't know what you're going through because I won this. Shit! Let it go! <laughs> Why is someone playing music to play him off? They just told me to stretch. Fuck! <laughs> so anyway, I guess when I know I was going to be better than Chris. <laughs> I would, Like a diamond. I'm I would sorry, t- Fez. I would take the nomination, even if it meant not winning. But down the road, I would hate that when you're in another film, they say Academy Award nominee. That's wildly because then it kind of haunts you that you didn't win. But if you think it's an honor, that's a good thing. Like, if you're an Academy Award nominee, like, Burt Reynolds had to wait until he was like 65 before he even got nominated the first time. Gary Oldman's still a nominee. I'll throw that out there. It's still a big deal. Yeah, it's like a nice thing. Yeah. I would just like to win anything. I'd like to win a Ronnie B Award if I could fucking get one. Let's do it. Like a Dundee almost. Yeah, we don't have any radio awards, do we? No. no. Why would there? It's no. the fucking lowest. Soundies. Soundies. It's like coming up with a mime award. We can do best fucking comedy, straight best r- talk. Assholes. <laughs> <laughs> I did win the first St. Augustine Award thing. It was from a hospital gave me. I guess because I helped a lot of fucking people do a lot of shit. Saved a lot of kids. Yeah. Where is that plaque? It should be hanging up. It's up in the office. <laughs> I said this, I go, I wanted to thank a lot of those sick kids, because if they didn't get sick, I couldn't have fixed them the way I did. Not that I could fix all of them, a lot of them died anyway, but I got to take a vacation every once in a while. That was in the speech? Yeah. 
Sometimes, like, I come back from vacation, I'll just say this. How many of them died while I was away? <laughs> Shit, because it rained most of the time. Should have just stayed here and kept the kids alive. Went to Barbados in the rainy season. Didn't see that? Like a commercial. diamond. Wasn't bad, though. I banged some chick on the beach. <laughs> she got pointed to her pussy. Later, I told her, let me be right back. I'm going to get coffee. And then I just got on a plane and got out of there because I don't like a buys. <laughs> That's the best thing if you're breaking up with a woman, you go like this. Let me call you right back. And that's it. That's the breakup. Kaiser so is there for that. It's not the breakup because they call right back. No, I wouldn't call back then. Oh. I just keep going. Oh, right. That's like, let me go take care of that thing for you and just fucking hit the highway. Because there's no, no one feels better about being broken up with, right? It's true. No one ever said, you know who broke up nice with me? <laughs> no, it's it always hard. Well, yeah, sometimes it's awesome. mutual and they're still cool with each other. Oh, no but hard feelings. Well, I, don't I don't know why don't, the hell I'm speaking right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know, know how why the hell be. I'm speaking. <laughs> you, you and Fez have zero experience. I have zero experience. <laughs> Men don't like you, you said before to us. They like me. I'm just not interested in you're not in, you like uh, I like men. I'm just not I'm not interested in the men that are attracted to you're me. You're just like the Franco family. Yeah. The exactly. Z Franco family. Heartbeat is a love beat. A love beat is a good sensation. I don't think that one. Like little Tony and the DeFranco family. You still never been on a proper date, huh? I've been on dates, yeah, but they didn't want a relationship. They just wanted sex. Oh. They, didn't quit <clears throat> they wanted to get it in. They yeah. just cared if you were DTF. I don't know it. why I thought you've never been on a second date. You said never. Yeah. That would take you out. Yeah. It would always be the same thing. You take you to an adult motel. <laughs> like, hey, hurry up, get out of the car. We're only gonna be here for an hour forty-five. <laughs> Look, man, it's ninety bucks for three hours. So <laughs> let's get moving. Make the most of it. <laughs> I don't even think we're gonna use the whole three hours. The way I'm feeling, we might be out of here quick. Might get some of that money back. <laughs> hey, there's something wrong with our room. <laughs> Someone came all over it. Why are you playing this? Franco family. That was a long time ago, though. What happened to him? Oh, the... They stopped singing? Oh, here you go. What movie did this uh, get talked about? Guy Reservoir Dogs. I thought you guys loved Quentin Tarantino. Oh, uh, burn out. <laughs> here's somebody that would... Is in love with you and would take you out, John in Virginia. Hey uh, Dana, I was just going to tell you that uh, I like you now. You can unblock my comments on Facebook. Why did you? Why did she have to block you? Uh, when she put her picture up, I uh, put a comment that it looked like her nose and her eyeballs were playing King of the Hill. Why do you got to be like that, oh, dude? Mean. You said that you liked her before, and you sent her stuff. No, I, I didn't like her at first. I thought she was. Uh, Kind of arrogant and airheaded, but I really like her now. Hmm. <laughs> I'm still. Yeah, you can't get somebody to unblock you. Once you're blocked, you're blocked for life. Yeah, you're done, buddy. <laughs> Sorry, she ghosted you. You're a ghost right now. <laughs> Maybe if you call Ghostbusters. Sucks to suck. That's your new saying. It sucks to suck. It's not my saying. It's just a saying that's. that's what I'm gonna start it's universal. That. I'm gonna start saying that to fucking Chris, but he bitches. Yeah, sucks I go, to suck. Sucks to suck. Sucker. What? You heard me. Sucks a suck, bitch. Sucks a suck? Yeah. yeah. It sucks 
to suck. Yeah. It's like an anti-gay thing. Though. No. So? No, it's anti-gay because you think it's anti-gay. But the thing <laughs> is, it's okay if it's anti-gay. No. Because you're Republican. No, oh, yeah. I'm saying it's like, oh, this oh, yeah, She hates sucks. gays because that, that Facebook But you got to understand, when you say suck, you're saying sucks dick. No, no, I'm saying, oh, it just sucks. Yeah, it that, sucks dick. No. As if the worst thing. First of all, the worst thing you are anti-gay if you're bringing it up. If you, that's what if that what triggered in your head. All right, what else would would suck me? Means you're really bad. What? No, you're but really what, bad. what are you actually sucking? Uh, no, nothing. You're not sucking so, anything. It just sucks. So if I said to Chris, "You suck," yeah, he sucks what? Nothing doesn't suck. He he's sucks just bad. Dick. He's that's just what that means. <laughs> yeah, that's what. Yeah. Not what I grew up. You know what? Hold on, I got a gay friend. I'll ask him. I mean, we we admit. That a gay person would know? Um, let's see where Fez is. See if he can come in here. Fez? Fezzy! Fez. I'm right here. Oh, there you Oh, there you are. <laughs> Alright, Fez, if someone was saying, like if Chris said to me, you suck, right? Uh-huh. Sucks what? Dick. Okay, thank well, you. Well, because that's the way he wants to take it. I say, There's I, nothing else to I suck. I have a gay friend. I say, oh, sucks to suck. You don't say anything. So Fez is a bad gay. No. But just because you don't know what it means... It's the exact same thing as saying, oh, that thing's really awful, horrible, or lame. It's so gay. It's the exact same same insult. Absolutely not the same thing. Definition of suck in vulgar slang. (laughs) To perform fellatio on. Thank you. Wow. Well, that's not what I took it as when I was younger. So what? How you took it? So that's how I was raised on it. I didn't think it was anything bad. I didn't think it had I was a raised on robbery. It. But st- I got to stop now. You know how to dis- just admit that you've been wrong your whole mm-hmm. life, and then we can I, move I on. I was wrong, the- but how long? Your whole life? Yeah, basically. Wow. I didn't know it means that because I've been saying yeah. it since the third grade. <laughs> I guess it sucks to suck, then, yeah. doesn't it? Sucks, sucks, to, sucks suck. to suck dick, doesn't it, you gays? <laughs> You're the ones. Yeah, that's who- all you do. That's all you love doing. <laughs> Put it on a T-shirt and wear it to your Fox News internship meeting. Does <laughs> that you mean that in a good way or a bad way? In a bad way. Yeah. Why? Because I want to get bad? it. Because they're pro-gay. No, anti-gay. All right, then they would like the T-shirt. Yeah, they love it. They're like, yeah, good, good. That's good way to think. <laughs> no, it's Shep- not proper. Right, but that doesn't mean it was right. Don't worry about Shepard Smith. Sense. I'm wearing a dress. Shep Smith. <laughs> Shep Smith. This gonna be Shep. Studio B. Shepard Smith. Yeah, an internship <laughs> with Alex Jones. <laughs> He's in the city right now, apparently. Is he no, really? he's out. He, he, <laughs> he out. Yeah, he that guy's a fucking nut, huh? Holy uh, crap. He was really bugged out. Uh, Paul in Michigan, you're on my face. Dana doesn't know what sucks means. That blows. See? That blows what? And someone says something it's a good blows. One. But I wasn't, I wasn't saying blows in third grade. I mean, everyone says suck and yeah. whatever. It's the same thing, actually. Because they're starting anti-gay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Believe me, if I told you what used to, we used to say to eeny, meeny, miny, mo, you would think that I was a racist. Okay, so when I say, wow, you really suck at this, yeah. what is it? What are they sucking? Sucking dick at that. <laughs> because you're like, it's basically saying you're acting like a gay person when you yeah. do that. But in elementary school, like, we didn't know. It was just, you suck at that. You're really bad at that. When you, you say, took it as all. Oh, so, by the dick. way, when you say someone got gypped, right? You've okay. heard that term? Yeah. That's making fun of gypsies. Uh, that I know that. Now, the other day, she says to me, I go, uh, are you going to sell that thing? She goes, yeah, I'm just worried because they're trying to Jew me down. Uh. And I go, do you realize that you're speaking out against Jewish people right now? <laughs> it's all anti-Semite. <laughs> it's not mm. true. I'm fine. Yeah, that's true. No, uh, yeah, it is true, but... What? You are an anti-Semite? No. <laughs> I'm saying, what? no. What the fuck? I'm, I'm, oh, oh, my cousins are Jewish.
Jewish. Are you Doesn't kidding mean anything. me? All my friends are guys. You try to pin me. Oh, well, you try to pin me out as the bad guy here. All your friends I'm are Chinese. Jew, no, Jewish? Japanese. Yeah, yeah. You're Japanese. I'm a minority. Me and my brother. All my cousins are Jewish. They all married Jewish men and Jewish women. Do you realize that you're more like Franklin every single day? That you're just <laughs> a little piece of everything. Now, you also said you have or would date black guys. I would. Yeah, but you haven't yet. No, I'm not out to find a black guy. But as my mom, my, so you, I'll tell you what my mom told me. Yeah. I don't care who you bring home as the, as long as they treat you well. As long as they're not gay. Or black. Well, so it wouldn't be, be a chick. Why would I bring back a gay guy? What about a gay chick? Oh, she wouldn't care. She would love it? She, she wouldn't love it. She, would, she wouldn't care. Would she let you guys sleep together while she was in the other room? I would assume. Hmm. I wonder if she'd be in the same room with you. <laughs> All right, this is weird. No, I know it is. <laughs> I think it's crazy, that family you were raised in. I have a very, you know, multicultural, happy family. No, no you know, hate against any... Religion it's or nice. backgrounds doesn't matter. Mm. Yeah, we're the same way except for the fucking Protestants, <laughs> um, blacks and Jews, and then a lot of the other Catholics, like the Italians and the, and the Polish people. <laughs> and for some reason, in my neighborhood, there was an anti-Hungarian thing. What? You could get called a hunky. That's weird. Yeah, there's a bunch of Hungarians living in. One I part. never met one. What? <laughs> never uh, met one. Weird. Hi, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, it's good to hear Dana and Dave back on the show. It is. Uh, <laughs> Dana and Dave back together this again. Chris. This is Chris. <laughs> but apparently, uh, being gay sucks, according to the logic there. Now, yeah, that's basically what she's saying. Now, this is a good story for you. Uh, Fez, you mind handing me the stick for a second? No, that's fine. Are you sure? I'm sure. Am I stepping on you? No. Uh, University of Arizona... You can now minor, and this would be perfect for you, in hip-hop. Get the hell out. Mm. Awesome. I'm not leaving. I'm staying here. And I'm trying to give you That's awesome. big news. This is up on the iBank University today. of Arizona? Yeah. Nice. All right. Looks like someone's trans- They claim Arizona. now that it's a fucking gangster's paradise out there. <laughs> that we don't know. We're living all our lives in a gangster's paradise. Well, I mean, ASU is one of the top-rated party schools, so I'm down. Is there a really Arizona. poor party school? I mean, how do you... Well. Pace isn't a party school. Mm, I didn't even Stockton, know Pace was a TCNJ, they all want party schools. TCNJ is when your jaw's not working properly? <laughs> no, TCNJ <laughs> is trying, the College of New Jersey. Oh. Actually, I did go to a frat party there. It was disgusting, but... Why was it disgusting? It's just, any frat party's disgusting. It's a bunch of dirty men, it smells like pot, it's hot, steamy hot, mm-hmm. and it's just... a. Oh, it's disgusting. There's never an air-conditioned frat party? Nope, never air-conditioned, and my friend well, almost got drugged. Well, obviously, it's a fucking frat party, but also there's so many people in the room that no amount of AC is going to keep it cold. No, it's everything I want to go. Ridiculous. Frats are disgusting. This is why I like going to the school in the city, because it's more classy. No frats. Bars and clubs. Yeah, get dressed up. We don't look like a trash bag on a frat party. <laughs> All right, she sorry. hates frat guys. <laughs> I really just hate she, frat You despise parties. them. Yeah, they're pigs. They live in just filth. They literally live in filth. Disgusting. Oh, my God. You want to vomit every time I go to a frat floor or a party? It's because no one asks you to dance? Yeah. No one's she doesn't get dancing. Invited to Everyone's any just of them. fucked up. and She sneaks into them. That's why. Sneaking. I don't need to sneak in. She got taken to a dog party. She thought, like, <laughs> finally someone thinks I'm pretty. Yeah. And then she saw all the other girls in there. She's like, wait a minute. 
What is this fucking skank shift going on? <laughs> uh oh, what are they saying about me then? <laughs> Whatever. I'm having a party and I'm serving everybody on Bin Laden plates. I got some Bin Laden plates. It's really nice. Badass. Yeah, I guess so. You know, it was a party of the year, probably. Is this story true? What? The, the hip hop thing? Story? Yes. It's true? Absolutely. Why would, yeah, we what got the hell would you get a career in? Being Studying hip hop and the, they don't need hip hop researchers. I mean, what the hell job are you going to get with? I mean, I, have you know, no, I can't more, talk. It's the equivalent of a there's, communications major. There's more to education than just making money out of it. You can find out where the history of hip hop came from. I can from. read a book and I can use Google. I'm going to school, but you haven't yet. Find a job. You could do that for any of your classes. You, you realize that the idea of getting a job because you went to college is so new that for years people just thought. I'm going to go to college to become a better person, a more educated person. And yours is a generation of, we're spending a lot of money. Where's my fucking, well, how am I going to make this money back? Wow, that's really Be- true. Before that, it was a place for rich people to send their kids so that their kids could come back and be well-versed in the ways of the world. That's why they studied poetry in school and Shakespeare in school, Latin in school. What happened to that? Because I didn't learn any of that in high school. I read one Shakespeare and that's it. But because even look at the books that you read, you're sitting around bragging about reading, you know, show business books instead of something that could enrich you. True. Um, here's uh, Wayne. Wayne, you're on the Run Fez show. Hey there, Ronnie. Big hey Hex. Hey uh, right. Dana, could you please tell me again what your ethnicity is with your family? What was it again? Italian and Czechoslovakian. Dana. Dana. Mm. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Here's what I, I, and I know that you didn't mean it to be racist, but you know people have gone to school for music forever, right? Classical music True. and stuff like that. Why wouldn't you think hip-hop deserves it? Other than the no, fact I that it's it, black it people. it deserves it, but I don't get what career, What? who's going to hire you? Oh, yeah, I got a major in hip-hop. All right, so you can go to maybe... Def Jam or some record label or are you telling me that if you walked in here with a career in hip hop you wouldn't That's impress true. a lot of people I only a hip hop there's about 10 station, channels d- dedicated to it would you guys hire me if I'm a hip hop major absolutely what? on a talk radio show to, to talk, be able to talk about your background you want to talk hip hop every day some days yeah some days you won't utilize all, me as much You first of all there's very few people that come out what you're saying with somebody who's a college graduate is that they have the ability to learn and to pass obstacles you never come in and no one ever sits around the new graduate wow you've got so much information tell it to us and we'll be able to change when our I'm, company I'm saying it's not I'm not saying that's not worthy of a, of a major but in this economy and we're trying to if you want to get a job and with so little jobs that we have now you know so few well, who's it's gonna be hard to get a job? It's you know, gonna be hard day, for me with my shit major. Every time I turn around, somebody's sending me a different centaur picture. And this <laughs> oh my is one God. of Chris Stanley trying to piss on a porta potty as a centaur body. That's and weird. It's pretty fucking disgusting. Oh, it's like the horse dick. Uh, it's not making fun of Pepper. I guess. I, yeah, since, I guess I'll take a look at it. Maybe, maybe this time it won't offend you. I don't know. The urine might. I'm positive, actually, that will offend me. But, you know. Maybe I'm jumping bullies. To conclusions. Straight bullies. Uh, here's John and Queen, German Fez. Uh, 
Johnny B, million bucks. Yeah. Brooklyn Tech, million bucks. B-Tech. Dana, Disco Cliff, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> what? It's rough on you. At least he shot out Brooklyn Tech, my alma mater high school. <laughs> did you graduate from there? I did graduate from there, yeah. Brooklyn Tech, oh, Brooklyn Tech. Used to be a fire range in the basement. Someone called them that one day. Never knew it. Just went down there to smoke weed. Oh, you're so edgy, my friend. You're no. so street. I was really Before sad. you got influenza, you must have been the coolest kid around town. <laughs> cool kid smoking weed in the basement. So everything always got to go back to drugs for you? <laughs> Do you realize how much you bring drugs up? Let good. me just point something out to you. I'm a recovering addict. Do okay. you think I need to hear about you bragging about how high you got all the time? You don't think that's any fucking effect on me? Or me, you know? Young girl like her who's never done a thing. I mean, yeah, you did do a little bit of coke before, but... <laughs> her I don't care about. <laughs> you, I, I, I apologize. I mean, I'll tone it down. I, I didn't what would you rather happen? I got a headache or she got shot in the brain? <laughs> Just blast her gray matter See, across the wall. That's wrong. <laughs> Fuck you. Just brain who's an ass That's everywhere. awful. <laughs> um, here's Murph. Murph, you're on the Manifest Show. Hey, Dana. I miss you. Um, but, uh, you know, throughout history, it's always been the thinkers who have changed governments and changed economies. But when governments are failing and economies are failing, people always want to get rid of the humanities. She has no respect for humanities. She wants that J-O-B. That paper. Yeah. J-O-B. I just want a job. I want to make money, support myself. Get your nice thing, Gucci handbags, blue diamonds. That Louis V, right? Or something? That's right. Louis V, correct. Louis V. What is the V for? The vitriol. <laughs> Louis vitriol, you all. Vitriol? It's a word. Baton. Whatever. Vitriol. Well, I see him selling the, the Louis V bags all over the street. <laughs> Louis Vitriol. Yeah, Vitriol. It's fucking great. That's how they get away with it. So close. <laughs> hey, Mike. Mike, you're on the Run Fest show. Dana, uh, you seem a little tense. When's the last time you touched yourself? Oh, my what God. She's fuck? just a baby. Don't listen to that. Perverts. Don't even listen to that. I don't listen to it. It doesn't really. Don't you understand? She's like Chris's daughter. We think of her as blood. And I'm like an absentee father. You really are. It's like, whatever. I'm dodging fucking child support. Where's your God now? He's like an absentee landlord. <laughs> Love that fucking movie. Really? I really do. <laughs> it's fun. If it's on, I'll put it on. It's fun. It's not a good movie, but it's fun to watch. You know, you, I know it's not a good movie because you watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I have great taste. You feel like you do? In some things. I know I like a lot of shit. <laughs> Most of the things that you watch are shit. I did you watch a lot of bad fucking movies. <laughs> uh, Jay, Cleveland, you're a manifest. Hey, Dana. Hey, Dana. What? What is your uh, history with hip-hop? Do you know how far back it goes, where it originated from? What? What's the point? I mean... <laughs> because because hip-hop's been around for going on over 40 years now. And every other style of music that's been around that long, there's been studies and studies that go on about it. He's very, he's very what correct I'm about that. Is, I know, I know, he's absolutely correct. But I want to say, and it has also is, changed the culture in ways no one saw. 
coming. Say Pace had that major. I'm not going to pay 50000 a year just to learn about hip-hop when I can go on Google and I could just learn it from Google. You're never, you're never going to get... You're never going to get everything that came out of hip hop from just Google. Yeah, you're acting like that you could have saved money by just buying textbooks and never spent fifty thousand dollars a year. Who's going to teach me? I mean, who's but, the professor? No, that's the thing. How they learn about it? That's what you would. The same thing that you would get in hip hop. You would be able to find out how it changed beyond places that you could. You can learn anything from a book, but. I get back to me in a couple years and tell me where these kids have jobs, and then I'll get back to you. What? Let me know where they get a job. I'm, after how many this. years am I going to stay with this, with this fucking topic? Hey, Dana. Yeah, it's Ron Bennington from Sirius. Guess what? I just talked to three people right now, working, making six feet. All right, I'll hold. <laughs> what do you mean you don't remember us having this conversation? <laughs> you told me to call you back. Oh no no no! Chris Stanley's dead. He never. Uh, <laughs> that flu killed him. Oh, that soon? No no. Fez is here. He's just locked up right now. Can't talk to you. No, tomorrow he's gonna do better. He's working on a new bit. All right, I got to break here, Chris. We, we have to break. We only broke once. Today. Okay, because you're a bad producer, and I told my boss, I go, this show's gonna break more. Gotta okay. Get those, gotta get these breaks in. Because we got to get paid. Not like those hip-hop graduates. Thank you so much for my cigars. Fez, thanks you for... Did you already order, Fez? No, I haven't ordered yet. My Lenny's card. My Lenny's gift card. Yeah. Great. I give them a call. We're all going to eat in a minute. No, there's only 15 on there. Don't worry. You can <laughs> fill in the rest. <laughs> then you can go get it. So yeah. it's perfect. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you can go get the food you paid for. Are we back? No, we, just, we haven't gotten to oh, okay. break yet. That was our commercial. <laughs> no, no, no. The no. Lenny's was a live read. <laughs> no, no, we have to break. We have to. We have to actually go to break. Okay, that means that you were on the air without reading, too, Fez. You came. Oh, you read your your gift card. Fuck, <laughs> that was close. All right, the woman on Fox is crying, and it just said underneath that we're all going to die. So I don't Megan know. Megan Kelly. Yeah, I don't know what's she happening. She was crying. Yeah, she said she we're all going to die. I said, 15 minutes is left in the world? Shit. Shit, what would we do in 15 minutes? I'd bounce out of here. I don't know where I'm going. Run <laughs> hey! the streets. Just go into Radio City and start spilling shit. I was going to say, I want to go home and say bye, but I can't. I'm oh, too sad. far. All right, we're back. It is the run of <laughs> No, no, no. no. We, <laughs> have, we haven't got a break yet. We have to go to break. It like that was a break. It wasn't a break. Okay, I thought we were plugging throwing it to Fox News there. <laughs> All right, right back. Wrapping it up. Run face show. Ron Bennington, Fez Wally. This is the Ron and Fez Show. More next. I never thought I'd miss you half as much as I do. Love, love, love It must be love, 
Getting ready to wrap this one up. Uh, Chris Stanley, did you see the accident today in the in the river? No, I didn't. One of the uh, boats coming in, bringing people uh, back and forth in New York, hits the dock so hard. Fifty, at least fifty people were injured, and they were bringing them all out on those boards. Like tied to the boards. Well, for like neck injuries or whatever. Yeah, oh, God. and then just laying them on the dock, you know. So they would carry them out, lay them on the dock, and it looks like this civil war thing on the dock. Well, what they didn't realize is that they had fucked with the structure of the dock, and it starts to bend, and all those people are tied to boards. This starts sliding down the fucking dock. Of course not. That's ridiculous. I made up that part. Dude, I almost fucking lost my shit. I made shit. it up because I wanted to show that truth is not not always interesting enough. But <laughs> right away, I'm like, what if they all went in the water and tied the boards? That would have been a tragedy. But also fucking crazy. You know, taking a boat to work. I mean, unless you're... <coughs> you okay? I don't think I am. I'm starting to think you're a lunger. Maybe. Try have me. you been smoking through this? I, I, I didn't smoke. I didn't smoke the first couple days, but then I smoked last night. That should help you. <coughs> the smoke should break it up. That's what I was thinking. Because, you know, smoke is a gas. And that should fucking try to break break up the all the solid shit inside me. <sighs> but I don't think I was a good move. I don't know. It's at least a plan. I'm at, I'm acting on something, you know. Yeah, you're you're yeah, you're proactive. You're not fucking reactive, you're proactive. I might be going in the wrong direction, but I'm going in a direction. You're actually wearing your hat the way like if you were one of the seven dwarfs today, too. <laughs> I would call you sleepy if anybody. Um how's Pips in, in his relationship? Is Chick any better? I mean, it's just bad luck around here. Yeah. Bad luck or no luck, the Ron Fez show. <laughs> she's doing she's doing okay. All right. She back in the city yet? No, not at all. She could barely move. She's in pain and she's on tons of painkillers. What was but... it that exactly that's wrong with her? Well, the main thing started off where it was she had another blood clot. She had one before. They put a stent in. How old is she? Uh, she's younger than me. She's like two years younger than I am. So Jesus. early twenties. Yeah, no, it's like old people shit. It's ridiculous. So they put it, um, the stent in, fixed everything. Next thing you know, years later, the stent collapsed, the veins collapsed, new blood clot. They had to take it out. On top of that, they found out she's got some rare disease where her arteries um, like collide with each other and grow over each other. And she's a winner that one, huh? Yeah. You really, you really hit it. Lucked out because you know I'm perfectly good with my health, Ron. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Between the two of you, it's just a triage unit in their fucking apartment. 
I'm sorry, Clint Eastwood, did you say something <laughs> to me? The neighborhood kids fucking around with your Gran Torino? Stay God. away from that car, motherfucker. Guy I'm Asian gangs. <laughs> I'll show them. Uh, Steven, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Pepper, uh, you should try one of those uh, e-cigarettes during your cold. Have a vape for yourself. I've tried some. Some are better than others, but I need, I need the real thing. Maybe if I find the right one, I'll, 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 I'll switch over. We really should get into... Uh... All right, hold on. Griffin's got a spy report for us. Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Uh, Griffin, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. I just saw here on the Twitters that uh, Roger Clemens, Sammy Sosa, and Bonds, no go on the Hall of Fame. Wow. Damn. Now, who did go in? I think nobody. I mean, I'm just getting this stuff myself. I don't know. I don't really I, let's just honestly look at it this way. If you're not going to put uh, Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame, if you're not going to put Roger Clemens in the Hall of Fame, and you're not going to put Sammy Sosa in your Hall of Fame, who do you pick to go in? How do you say... This is the first time since 96 no one got into the Hall of Fame this year. No one got 75%. Wow. <clears throat> they, were, they were hinting at it because like, some guys do reveal who they voted for. So like 15% of sports writers revealed who they were voting for. They're saying it might happen that no one gets in. But I thought someone would get in. I thought so, at least one person would get in. This is only the, the second time in history. <clears throat> now, unlike every other Hall of Fame, it's a really tough thing to get into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah. Because- I mean, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame puts 40 people a year in. And everyone's like, I don't understand it. How come the DeFranco family didn't make it? And then the next year they get in. Uh, Craig uh, Biggio uh, was closest to getting in with 68.2%. That was the closest. Everything else. Sammy Sosa, Bonds. McGuire's already been up and they didn't put him in, right? Yeah, yeah, he's been up for a couple years. (coughs) Roger Clemens... That's unbelievable. Clemens got 37%. And if they don't go first ballot, does this mean they'll never have a no, shot at this? they can go in. They no, can guys, go in. guys can still go in. There's a lot of people that you think he should go in but shouldn't go in first ballot. You know, um, It can go on for a long, long time. But if those guys aren't first ballot, how? who in the future can you say is going to be first ballot? It fucks a bunch of guys up. <clears throat> a lot of guys are still playing. A-Rod. Could they ever hope to make... Yeah, A-Rod's A-Rod a perfect example. He's not going in for his ballot. No way. Or ever. We haven't proven that they're going to ever let these guys in. That's the problem we have right now. Who goes in? Uh, Blowhard said to me one day he'd put them all in because that was the times that you played. But you got to admit, not everybody did steroids then. The ones who didn't do steroids... They're not going to go in because their numbers aren't. <laughs> they don't look compared to these guys. Look like shit. Wow. And you know, steroids never comes up with football. And you know, there's got to be more football players doing steroids right. than I mean, baseball players. They're, they're getting more injured, so they need to be injured fucking, constantly. They need to be, you know, fucking more ready to go. It, I've heard almost to a man on X players of them going, "RG three should have been in that game." It's the playoffs. No matter what happened, you got to play until they drag you off the field. Well, then fucking Shanahan should have dragged him off the field on the fuck in halftime. Um, 
Smoke, you're on the Run of Fez show. Oh, buddies. Hey, uh, old Larry Chipper Jones will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Everybody well, we gotta... on ESPN. Everybody yeah. on ESPN said they, they will be. be ESPN, uh, we got to wait for five years to find that out for sure. Uh, but, yeah, Chipper's never had the steroid thing following him around. Jeter never had the steroid thing following him around. Jeter's never had the steroid thing following him around. But neither one of those guys is known as long ball fucking specialist. Nobody gets in. It's shut Remarkable. Out. Shut out. Remarkable. That's the funny thing about letting the report the the writers do it rather than the players pick. It's great. Those fucking writers are dicks, and they'll fucking they'll lay it down. Oh man, much. somebody wanted to call them hypocrites, and then he hung up. I wanted to go to that. I always love to hear the other angle. Well, getting ready to shut this one down today. Yeah. Uh, how sweet of Dana to show up like that. I mean, so nice. And then her mom sent this over to us. You gotta give that to him, honey, because later they'll help you get jobs. They'll put in a good word for you. Smart thing to do. It's not what you know; it's who you know. She could have like, got me a fucking like a pint of liquor or something. Or she got you a fucking carton of cigarettes. Pack of cigarettes. That's not much at all. Right? <laughs> Throwing the liquor. Nice combo. And you know what? It was just her little note that was plenty for me. <sighs> hey, there's all, all the Are you going to the doctor cards. today? Yeah, at 4 o'clock. I'm going to stumble over. <coughs> I bet they put you right in. I bet you're going into the goddamn... <laughs> They'll put you in a boat and take you over to goddamn Welfare Island. No. No, don't don't let them do that to me. I'm gonna call you guys if they if I think that something weird's happening. They throw a life vest on me. All right, that's it for us. A lot of people want to talk. Call us tomorrow. We'll pick it up right from here. We're gonna party tomorrow. I mean, today we solved the gun thing, so that's good. That's out of the way. We got that off the fucking family pills, no guns, all the video games is all taken care of. Crazy people. Hell yeah. So, uh, nothing else we need to plug? Nothing going on uh, the site? Nothing needs to go out there? Did we bring up the five today? Um, five all-time power trios? Hell yeah. None of us are too tight into that? Why don't you talk about it a little bit tomorrow? Because yeah, I can be your baby. I'll, well, what am I saying? You're not going to be in here. No, I, listen, I'm, I will fight my way off that island or that boat or whatever the hell they want to do to me. They could have put me in a fucking hospital. This man. is like the last episode of Lost. It really is. You got your way off that thing. You've been dead for a long, long time, son. No. You're ready to go on to heaven. I've been living in some weird fucking world that sucks. Give me a break. All right. That's it. We out. See you back in here tomorrow. We'll start to show off with Polo. Oscar. Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. And that's the end of my show. Donk. Satellite.